collaborate and listen. <laughs> Crazy answer back with a new edition. Oh man, oh. I was so happy I didn't mess that up. No, you worked all week on that. I really like. did. I really did. <laughs> but guys, this ooh, this guest is gonna get real. Oh my gosh, Nicole Steinwedel. Dude, so excited. I mean, yeah, I was pumped because I was a huge fan of the unit and everything. But when we started talking to her, and it just got so real and so honest and so deep about mental health and and struggles that you go through and how to overcome them and i mean it's just an amazingly like you said what did you say the most personal interview we've ever done yeah seriously seriously and i mean this is the kind of interview we pride ourselves on honestly so that guests can come on and just tell the fans tell the listeners who they actually are not have to put on a mask for an appearance or to promote something it's more than just promoting a project on this podcast it's about the fans getting to know who these people really are that's it would she say speak the truth it's and we, that's that's us a platform to come on and speak your truth exactly denim richards like so many so yeah really excited for everybody to hear this yes one. man yes but nicole's interview is later on in the show now let's get a little crazy What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. <laughs> Holy moly! Episode 134 this Woo! week. Man, we are killing it. 134 episodes in, 121 guests. Dude. And like, insane. That's so great, though. And so, yeah, it's like, fucking awesome. It's a great like, feeling yeah. to have. It really is. Uh. Like, I'm so thankful for all the listeners out there who help us keep this thing going. Y'all are amazing. You guys know your host with the most, myself, JLo Fantastic, and the one and only Mouth. What's up? Oh boy, oh boy. We got a lot of stuff to talk about this week, and a lot of stuff Ooh, to talk so about. Much. I mean, we're we're debunking a little uh, fan theories, uh, uh, little rumors that are going around. Sadly, sadly, but yeah. we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. Uh, a lot of Disney news, a lot of Warner Brothers, like a lot of good stuff on the agenda for tonight's show. I'm super excited about it. Thank you all for getting crazy with us, joining along. But before we start anything else, and you guys think I'm going somewhere, but I'm actually going complete opposite. <laughs> before we start anywhere else, be sure to get out and vote. Vote yes. early, vote by mail, vote however you feel is best for you but it's an amazing feeling i personally voted for the first time yesterday and it was great it was amazing i mean it's true and, and i proud dad moment my daughter lil cam you guys know her love her emily she voted yes. for the very first time for a presidential election um goosebumps watching her do it and yep. this guy doing his very first time uh, my ninth <laughs> yeah. you, you figure out the math You're on right. that yeah. my ninth presidential carry vote. the two um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so but yes i mean a lot of states are are starting their voting early process be it mail-in ballots or going to the polls and, yeah. and doing it and for god's sake if you're in california pay attention to that box yeah right there's so many fake official ballot boxes out there yeah. make sure before you drop that ballot in okay guys because your vote matters it absolutely matters yeah. it does it was a great feeling great feeling and um let's see what happens man let's see what happened your vote Ooh. matters yes it does. uh but of course now going back to what you thought I was going to, before we get this thing started, be sure to go to our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant shirts like this one you see here if you're watching the YouTube video. Yes. It looks so dang good, guys. It's popping. It's popping. You knew he would go live. 
of course. He had to get that bright turquoise color. Like I'm going do. for the turquoise blue sweatshirt next. Oh. Like, that one oh. looks badass. And speaking of sweatshirts and hoodies, how awesome do our friends Chaya and Jeremy look in those sweatshirts? So I, I have to get a hoodie. I know. I'm jealous of every one of our fans who's ordered a hoodie so far, and they're showing us the pictures and stuff. And I'm like, damn, they all look great, and I don't have one. <laughs> how do I not have one I yet? Know. I, I got to order. So good, guys. <laughs> so good. And we also have more things rather than uh you know tote bags we got sweatshirts shirts but now we also have masks we have stickers yes. we have buttons get you a little bunk button a bunk hey yeah get you a little <laughs> bunk button uh if it's hard looking for that on the website be sure to message us over any social media and we will be sure to direct you in the right direction most definitely so most so deaf. good so good but you know we got to start off with the mouse house Ooh. man it's been an interesting week it's been an interesting week and i mean like we've been talking about theaters are slowly dialing especially kicking this thing into high gear is uh COVID-19 yeah so with that Disney being like one of the oldest and best came out and said they're gonna refocus a lot of things refocus their focus on <laughs> refocus their focus <laughs> on uh, streaming yes. rather than theatrical release that's right and to do that they're restructuring their entire company <sighs> so except for the theme parks they'll maintain right. to be run the way they've always been run but Everything else in the company is is restructuring and yeah. reorganizing, and the, like Logan said, the emphasis is going to be put onto Disney Plus, yeah, onto the streamer. Um, that's hugely significant, guys, because yeah. remember, Disney has been dominating the box office over the last ten years. Yeah, you know that what last year alone or the year before that, seven movies that crossed the billion dollar mark, two that crossed the two billion dollar mark. Yeah, so when that company who's had that kind of success says eh, we're gonna change gears and kind of go towards disney plus yeah that's way bad news for the theaters especially when they're the last ones to say this i mean you've seen nbc universal and like paramount they're starting to release stuff on vod whether it be through amazon prime or through their own streaming avenues so i mean this is really a huge surprise coming from disney it and I mean, really is i i don't know man i don't know i mean we saw soul it's not gonna come out we talked about that last week it's not gonna come out like the theatrical release and it's not also gonna come out streaming release like Mulan. It's going to be completely free on Christmas. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of rumors going around maybe about Black Widow as well. I mean, Ooh. like we were talking about before, would you rather see it possibly in the theaters or never see it at all? Because we don't know when theaters are going to open back up, so wouldn't you just rather see it at, in general? So, it's where we're at, man. It's where we're at in and time. Like, look, look it's, it's a strong possibility that that's what's going to happen because the shareholders, and I'm talking about the big ones, yeah. the ones with significant chunks in the company, okay? They're the ones who kind of urge this move to restructure towards the streamer, right? Yeah. Well, there's another one now who's got a very large stake in the company who's calling for Black Widow to be put on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. And I, I just feel like Bob Chappick clearly listened on the let's restructure the company towards the streamer. Yeah. I feel like he's probably gonna listen yeah. to this guy too we should say that the stock market the stock went up they wall street was happy with the announcement um so it, you take that with however you want it but they were happy about the announcement yeah um 
They're doing a little restructuring, right? Yeah. So, and I want to get this right because if for anybody who's worried about what does that mean about you know who's running what, right? Um, leading the charge is Kareem Daniel. Mm. He is actually going to be doing a new division. Okay, he's going to be the chairman of media and entertainment distribution. Okay. Okay, which will include the streaming services. And then it's going to be ooh, well, sorry about that. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, the, then it will be broke up into three groups that will be headed by their current leaders: Alan Horn and Alan Bergman, Peter Rice and James Pataro. All five of those leaders will report directly to Chappic. So that's how that's going to go. And uh, let's see, Disney Parks, like I said, they're going to continue to operate the same that they always have under Horn and Bergman. The main film studios, which are Disney, Walt Disney Studios, the Animation Studios, Pixar, Marvel Studios, Lucasfilm, 20th Century Studios, and Searchlight Pictures, they're going to be charged with creating content for Disney Plus and other streaming services like Hulu in addition to theatrical releases. Now, that's the interesting part because Chappic said they will no longer make content with the assumption that it's going to a theater or going to an ABC network. They will decide after the content is made and where the data says they look like they'll make the most money and that's going to decide where it's going to go. I think that's smart though because, I mean... Like content, like Black Widow, everything's all up in limbo waiting for the theaters to reopen or possibly reopen. Right. So, I mean, wouldn't you rather just get the project done and then decide then what to do with it? I feel like that'll give them a better understanding and a better feel, especially how the market is at the time being when it's finally complete after post-production and then go from there. So, I think that's smart. I think uh, that's smart. Me too, but I just want to put a final note on this for all the Marvel fans out there. If you make that move with Black Widow, do not pull that Mulan shit with the $30 premium fee, because ain't nobody going for that. You've already got all the Marvel fans. The ones that you don't will for sure sign up as new subscribers to Disney Plus to watch Black Widow do not hit them with that thirty dollars. No. Just put, if you're gonna put it on there, just put it on there. Let us watch it under all the other Marvel stuff. That's the way you do it. Yes. Okay, all right. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Super excited about it though. Super excited to see where the future is for the theatrical release and the streaming service. I feel like Disney Plus is definitely gonna surpass Netflix here pretty soon. So we'll see, man. We'll see. Of course, you guys know we're keeping it keeping an eye on it if it's going down in hollywood we're talking about that's it. right that's uh, right man but i'm super excited about this next one because everybody knows i'm a huge star wars guy and ewan mcgregor has confirmed that his disney plus series the obi-wan kenobi series is finally about to go into production this is going to start around march uh 2021 and of course i mean everything's being delayed because of the pandemic and right. this was nothing special it was as well um and in this one guys it's going to be a limited series i know a lot of people were like eh, what's it gonna be limited series uh it's gonna be six episodes and it's gonna be eight years after revenge of the sith right after um you know anakin turns into darth vader so it's gonna be six years after revenge of the sith Mm. so 
super pumped, man, super pumped, especially to see where he's at and if he's on the planet looking after Luke already right there and especially to see where his mental mindset is like after killing basically his best friend and his son figure. So I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped. And Ewan McGregor is honestly the best adaptation of Obi-Wan I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, of course, we only have two other options. Uh, well, I mean, he played him in uh, the Clone Wars as well, yeah. but the old guy. In, uh, yeah, Sir Alec Guinness. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. I like Ewan McGregor. <laughs> I'm just saying. Forget the original. Yeah. Forget. I'm a he, young guy. Even though Ewan McGregor has said he models his entire performance after Sir Alec Guinness. Uh, yeah. Like, okay. No, all kidding aside, though, the reason this was such epic news is because, you know, this is one of those things that's been back and forth rumors. Yeah. Will it happen? Won't it happen? It's being canceled. No, it's a go. Nope, it's canceled again. So the fact that he's confirmed when filming will start, that means it's happening. It's a good and thing. So, yeah. All kinds of rumors, though. Uh, you know, I saw that. Um, there's potential Favreau's maybe talking with Pedro about a Mandalorian film. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, there, confirmation, I guess, in a way, although still rumor that George Lucas said his plan was to kill off Luke Skywalker also in yeah. his uh, trilogy. So um, all kinds of stuff floating out there about Star Wars. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to stay on top of all that. It's a great time you to know. be alive. Oh, man. It's <laughs> so good. So good. And it's getting ready to drop. Yeah. Mandalorian getting ready to drop. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. What? Like 14 days away. Uh, yeah. Super, super Ooh. pumped. Super pumped. And breaking news, guys. Doctor Strange has made a casting announcement. Yes. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> yeah, set up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, set up. And you notice how he went quiet because he doesn't want to say this name. It's true. I don't want to say this name. <laughs> I think it's. Zochitl, Zochitl Gomez. Yeah. You know her from the Babysitter's Club reboot on uh, Netflix, okay? Yeah. Well, she's been cast in the upcoming Doctor Strange into the multiverse. Super pumped. Um, So really excited about that. We have no idea who she's playing because, no. as you guys know, Sam Raimi and Marvel are keeping the, the plot to that pretty tight-lipped. Although we all kind of know that Wanda is going to be in it. She's rumored to be the bad guy. House of M, all kinds of fun stuff. We're pretty sure that's what's going to go down. Uh, and for you guys, no, she's a pretty young actress. So that would even more so kind of lead to the Young Avengers and the introduction of that. Definitely. Uh, just kind of seems like that's where it's going so we'll keep an eye on it but congrats to her well, I, these young people coming into it's the great Marvel. it's great to see and pressure though oh like, yeah woo, yeah coming into that bad scary. boy the I mcu mean, the biggest franchise in the world right now and for the past <laughs> 10 years so i mean i can only imagine and yeah. even if it makes that transition to disney plus it's still the most powerful franchise so, oh yeah i mean like it's killing. like no contestant no oh, yeah. contestant um abc signature has put the growing season in development from the one and only. Danny Strong. Yeah. This guy is freaking so busy, man. I don't even know how he sleeps. I mean, seriously, this is like his 4,712th show Dude, that they've announced. Insane. I feel like every week we are announcing a new show that Danny yeah. Strong is doing. <laughs> yeah, right. Either acting in, show running, writing, producing. This guy is like everywhere. Have you caught him in the right stuff yet? Right. So good. Not Also executive producing that. With yeah. Like, what? Danny, Danny, Danny. Exactly. This one looks like it's going to be good, though. I mean, he's co-creating it with Colette Burson. Yeah. Um, it's based on Sarah Fry's recently published The Growing Season, How I Built a New Life and Saved an American Farm. Yeah. Uh, details the hard scrabble shift the rule-breaking author made from rural poverty to creating a wildly successful family business that has now seen her dubbed America's Pumpkin Queen. 
So the American dream. Yes. Right there. Right there. Uh, this is a funny story too. I heard Danny say recently that he literally chased this author across the country oh, shit. to track her down to get the rights to do this. <laughs> so that's that's how determined he is. In the midst of 4,000 shows, he found time to track a woman across the country right. to get the rights to do another show. Like, God bless him. Danny, Danny, Danny. That's great though. That's great, especially with a women uh, woman protagonist. So I think that's great. Oh, it's amazing. fantastic. And we know if Danny involved it's gonna be epic so. exactly congrats buddy congrats. definitely definitely i know you're excited about this next one because it's about the resident <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my goodness oh, but you guys should be happy too because you're shonda fans and it's oh, time yeah. to get away with murders uh conrad Ricamora. yeah he's gonna be up on the resident he's a great what, actor what? He's a season great four actor. of the upcoming Re- he is and he's gonna play dr jake wong a handsome gay plastic surgeon amateur singer songwriter in his off hours and he used to work for dr bell then they had a falling out, I guess, and so it's kind of like he's in a weird kind of way, Bell's stepson, but then there was a divorce and so not stepson, yeah. and so there's contention mm. there. Interesting. That's going to be really interesting. Yeah, it's all about the drama, guys. Yes. It's all about the drama. Switch over to The Resident. <laughs> Grace is going, man. It's like... Finish Grace. <laughs> Finish Grace. <laughs> this next one I'm super excited about because I think Joaquin Phoenix is going to portray this guy just brilliantly and i'm talking about napoleon you guys remember napoleon you know the french dictator blah 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 little short guy yeah tater and then tater i was just like you remember that french dick yeah right tater (laughs) (laughs) but uh, he's gonna be starring in kit bag ridley scott's upcoming biopic of the 19th century french emperor that's gonna be about the early stages of his career or about the early stages of his uh, reign and it's going to deal a lot with the relationship that napoleon has with, had with his wife josephine mm. um so i'm pretty excited about it pretty excited about it and it's planning to come from disney's 20th century studios so there you go and apparently it's named after the little equipment that they used to carry oh. the kit bag that the, the, that's where it's what it's named after yeah um so if you were wondering what the fuck the name means yeah, that, what? That, that's that's what that is. <laughs> so, and I guess yeah, they're gonna do the whole Waterloo thing, and like it's gonna be awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, Joaquin, how can it not be awesome? Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on now, exactly. I mean, when I was thinking about it, when I was reading this, I was like, Joaquin should have been like the fucking guy who played the king in the Tudors. Mm. I mean, the guy that played the, what's his face in the in the Tudors series was great. But Joaquin, I feel like, is great with period pieces. He is. So he is. Ugh, yeah. I wonder if he's going to show up. Will he be Caesar in uh, Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins? You know, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Don't know what we're talking about? Just wait. Hold on. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, heading over to the bunny. Warner Brothers is greenlit Ferocia, a spinoff feature uh, from the multi-Oscar winning blockbuster Mad Max Fury Road. And this is going to be about the Charlize Theron uh, character. And what's really cool is it's going to be Anya Taylor-Joy playing the character. If you guys don't recognize that name, she was just in New Mutants. So she's popping up everywhere. She was magic in New Mutants. So. That's exciting. Her, it is. her career is kind of like. Phew, it is. You know, and and that just goes to show you that you can survive a bad movie. Yeah. Because New Mutants was not very good, it but wasn't. then look, 
good news coming from exactly. it. Exactly. So she was good in it, though. She was. She was fantastic in it. So yeah. congratulations. Hell yeah. And I mean, uh, Chris Hemsworth and Yaya Adul Mateen II will also star in the movie, and Miller will direct and co write and produce. So if you're keeping track, that's two Marvel stars and one DC. That's right. If, if you're keeping track, you know, you got to do that. You exactly. Do that. Exactly. And I'm surprised that HBO is going to infiltrate the man, the myth, the legend, Elon Musk. <laughs> because I feel like, I mean, it's a long time coming because this guy is very popular amongst the Hollywood community and has lots of LA friends, actors, actresses, all yeah. that good stuff. So HBO is developing a limited series about SpaceX. Everybody knows about SpaceX, the space exploration company founded by Elon Musk. Uh, it's going to be a six-episode series titled SpaceX, and it what? will be based on the book um, Elon Musk. You know, he comes from Tesla, SpaceX, and a quest for a fantastic future. Now, uh, here's the, the the crazy part to this. Channing Tatum is behind it. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> Channing Tatum is going to executive produce it. Like, it, do you think Channing was just sitting around going... Damn, I like that Musk guy. I, I, really I, I bet they're friends. Yeah, maybe. I, friends. I mean, that's true. I, I don't know. That's, that's crazy, but awesome. Yeah, right? Definitely, definitely. And I mean, other awesome things happening over at HBO slash the CW. Regina King <laughs> is set to executive produce a drama series currently in development at the CW Slay. And this one focuses on uh, Carson Jones. She is described as a bold, witty teenager with Afro puffs, leather boots, and uh, 70s cool. And thanks to her mother's ancient African bloodline, mm. supernatural gifts, and the responsibility to use them to protect Virginia's historic triangle. Oh. Yeah. So this is interesting. This will be, I guess, taking that 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 slot that supernatural is, you know— gonna leave when yeah. it when it goes off so here's some more mystic supernatural type show to come right in and fill that gap so i mean bread and butter man cw is so good with that stuff uh, so it makes sense and i mean come on guys regina king i i'm going on record thinking she's gonna win an oscar for her one night in miami right so like now, shit. she is making big moves behind the camera so that's awesome we should say her sister's in on it regina and rihanna will executive produce with their company so uh royal ties so that's gonna be badass congrats i'm so happy for her i'm old enough to remember her as the little girl on 227 yeah right i mean remember that with marla gibbs like that's such a fantastic show but all grown up and kicking ass you go girl definitely Definitely. Well, you guys know how it goes down in Hollywood. There's a lot of things people are trying to juggle, especially actors, actresses, producers, directors. I mean, you can't fit everything in at once. No. And I mean, <laughs> uh, Tony Goldwyn is taking over for Leave Schreiber and Warner Brothers' King Richard. Everybody remembers that one, us talking about it a while back. Uh, it's the one about Serena and Venus Williams growing up in Compton. And you guys know Will Smith is playing the dad and all yes. that good stuff. But it makes sense because Schrober had to depart from the project because of a scheduling conflict. Yeah. So, I mean – and. It- I mean, they're not losing anything with no. Goldwyn. I mean, he's fantastic. He is. It, again, Shonda and all you Scandal fans, you know who Tony Goldwyn is. Go, oh, yeah. Ghost way back in the day with Patrick Swayze and stuff. So they're not losing anything. Guy's a phenomenal actor. It's going to be great. I'm excited for that movie. I am too. I mean, I really am. So here it is. Here it is. We're <laughs> switching. Viacom CBS. We're going to Viacom CBS. Super freaking excited about this one because they seem to be the it team in Hollywood right now. I'm talking about Patty Jenks. 
one day I'll be able to call her that. Patty Jenkins right. and Gal Gadot, <laughs> they're reteaming for Paramount, and they're going to do Cleopatra. Mm. Mm. This is the first time I think this kind of a film is going to be done on this kind of a scale since Elizabeth Taylor, yeah. who won an Academy Award. You know, the, exactly. the movie was the most, at the time, the most expensive big budget film in the history of Hollywood. Yeah. So um, I, I, exciting as all. I mean, if you're going to redo Cleopatra, Gail Gadot could not be the more epic person to Agreed. play her. And who better to direct Gail Gadot than fucking Patty Jenkins? That's I a mean, Scorsese-Leo like, relationship right there. It is. Like. And, and I think this is going to be epic. We were kind of joking about this, though. We were talking. And whoever the costume designer and the production designer are for this film, yeah. I feel bad for you because you are going to have to go in the most out there kind of a way to make sure this resembles nothing like Themyscira slash Paradise Island with Wonder Woman and yeah. stuff. She's going to be very similar in the gear, you know, and I'm like, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. But it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. I'm really interested to see how it's going to turn out. But like you said, I think these two together are only going to make great projects. So uh, ag- Agreed. And who else could play her? Like, it was the same thing with Wonder Woman. Let's be honest about it. Gal Gadot is probably, like, I mean, the most beautiful woman on the face of the planet at this point. So whenever you think Wonder Woman, Cleopatra, like, who else do you go to? It's crazy. Exactly. It's going to be a hit. Oh, and what I was saying is, do you think Joaquin will play Caesar? Ah, Uh, yeah. You know, Julius Caesar. That'd be badass. I mean, that would be badass. Definitely, man. Definitely. Well, other things happening. Paramount Pictures has set Adam and Aaron Nee to direct The Lost City of Dick. Oh, Lost City of D. Um, (laughs) Which is being described as a romancing the stone style of romantic comedy action film. Um, You know, this film is based on an idea by Seth Gordon, who is attached to produce uh, via his exhibited A films. And Sandra Bullock is also attached to produce. And which it's really awesome because she's doing it through her Fortis films. And she is also going to star in the film. And That's guess right. who else is also starring this no, film? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But hopefully. Yeah. Actively pursuing. Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Dude. To re-team them. Yeah. Remember they did the proposal together? It so was a they great were film. So, oh, so funny and so epic. So, yeah. Apparently they were actively pursuing both of them to star they got Sandra. Maybe that's because they they're producing what I, I right. don't know. I hear they're pretty darn close with Ryan, though. I hope so. It's a scheduling thing, which makes sense because the guy is everywhere doing everything. Everything. So, you know, you know he wants to work with Sandra again. Oh, yeah. If the schedule can be worked out, you know that's where they're going. Come on now. Definitely. Come on. Definitely. Oh, I know you're excited about this one, too. Woo! Star Trek Discovery. Season four. Trekkies. Yes, it's coming back. Season three kicked off just a little bit ago, and it's freaking fantastic if you guys haven't watched it yet. Um, I just love the direction the show is going in. Kind of a rapid kind of a change. And if you no spoilers, I'm not gonna tell anybody, but I promise because we spoil everything for you guys. But um yeah. it's it's a major change. And, and so if you haven't started watching it yet, make sure you watch it. But super excited to get the early renewal for season four. Um, let's be honest about it, guys. Paramount is big betting on Star Trek. Oh yeah. I mean, big betting on Star Trek. They've got so many new things coming, new animated shows coming, new live action shows. Remember, we're getting uh, the Enterprise with Pike and the gang uh, before Kirk, pre-Kirk. That's coming. So super pumped about this, man. And I could not be more happy because I love Discovery. I think it's a brilliant show. So November 2nd, I mean, literally like less than two weeks away, they're yeah. going going into production and starting to shoot it. So there you go. It's exciting stuff, man. It's exciting stuff. Yes. Another exciting stuff coming from this cult freaking classic TV series. Uh, Showtime has ordered a limited series revival of 
Dexter, guys, yeah. and Michael C. Hall is set to return, and this is going to be like a 10-episode order, and then apparently they're already ready to go. Production is set to begin in 2021 for a fall debut, and it's just crazy. It's crazy. I mean, the premise is kept under wraps right now, so I mean, I don't know yeah. much about it, yeah. but I mean, I'm, I'm honestly surprised. Yeah, me too. This one kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. The only Left thing field. I can think of rationally to, to maybe is because I know a lot of the fans, myself included, were not happy with the way it ended. Yeah. Um, like, like really not happy. Almost Sopranos level not happy with the ending. <laughs> yeah. So maybe this is a way to fix that. Maybe this is what they're talking, maybe thinking about addressing. Let's bring it back and do right. I don't know, because it just, like you said, it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, who would have, I would never on the radar was, oh, let's bring Dexter back. Right. But there it is. It's happening, so. Pretty epic, man. Pretty yeah. epic. Uh, and this is interesting as well. The Grease spinoff series, you know, we were talking about this, uh, Rydell High. Uh, well, now it's coming from HBO Max to Paramount Plus, and it's going to be renamed Grease, the Rise of the Pink Ladies. Yes. And it's going to explore how Rizzo, Frenchie, Marty, and uh, Jan, Jan uh, came together before ruling Rydell High their senior year. This is pretty interesting. I feel like Paramount kind of – they have a relationship a little bit because some of the Star Trek movies are on HBO Max right now. So yeah. they, they got that like Paramount-Netflix relationship as well. So right. it's interesting. It's it interesting. Is, it is because HBO Max committed to this thing, a 10-episode commitment over yeah. a year ago. Um, but from what I understand, it's – remember how they've changed management. Remember they've brought yeah. in new people at Warner Brothers Television that's like going – and they decided not to move forward with it after the after the new management came in. So you know, Paramount was producing it anyway. It was going to be yeah. a Paramount production. So they just took it back. So like it. I mean there you go. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do to get your show on. I mean just saying. You know, you know. Oh, man. And everybody has been talking about this next one, the comedy series coming from Chuck Lore himself – be positive, and it's yes. confirmed that they're wrapping up recru- recruiting all of their cast members. And the latest one is young actress Izzy G has yeah. joined the main cast of the series, regular as opposite leads of Thomas Midditch and Angelia Ashford. <laughs> and she's gonna uh, Izzy is going to play the role of Maddie, and she's going to be the second recasting of the role. Actually, yeah. so that's interesting. Yeah, I mean it, it's already been recast. Twice since they shot the pilot, yeah, that's which is scary. insane. Yeah, like what's going on? So I guess it's a central character. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I mean, I don't know. Um, Linda Lavin, you guys are old like me. You know Linda Lavin. She was uh, Alice. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm old. Yes. She was on The Good Wife recently too. You might maybe know her from there, Linda Lavin. Uh, Briga Heelan, Daryl Steffens, Bernie Koppel, and David Anthony Higgins are the rest of the cast. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's Good a stuff. nice cast. Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to, you know, and it's Chuck Lore. Yeah. So it's likely going to be successful. I exactly. Mean, he, he doesn't miss very often. Exactly. So. He's got the right stuff. You like that? Yeah. You like that? Yeah, that's great. great. (laughs) Now heading over to NBC Universal, uh, Joshua Jackson is set to play a lead role in the upcoming Peacock series, Dr. Death. Yeah. Jackson takes over the role from previously announced uh, the series lead, Jamie Dornan. Yeah. uh, Which is interesting. And more and more delays because of COVID. So, I mean, scheduling conflict, things happen. But there's already some epic people attached to this one, like Alec Baldwin and Christian Slater. So I'm pretty excited about it. I'm oh, pretty hell excited. yeah. 
Joshua Jackson. I'm a huge fan of Joshua Jackson. Me too. All the way since you know Mighty Ducks on. Like, teeny I tiny. Mean, yeah, teeny tiny. tiny. He's, he's a fantastic actor. Super excited about that. He'd be a great guest. He Come would. on the show, Joshua. Come on, man. I heard the real reason that Dornan is leasing, though, is that there just weren't enough shades of gray. Mm. Oh. Mm. Uh, mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. What? You're All right, so let's funny. move on. You're so funny. <laughs> Universal Pictures and uh, what was Cinetant? Cinetant, yes. Cinetant Entertainment have partnered on and are currently in development on a remake of The Others. Yeah. Uh, Remember that one? Nicole Kidman? No. Wasn't even that long ago, guys, and they're already doing a remake of it. Interesting. I mean, you know, it was a huge movie, the original, anyway, grossed over yeah. $200 million at the box office. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, so there you go. But yeah. meh, it's just another remake, yep. another reboot, yep. another revival. Like, come on, man. I There's know. so much original stuff we out need there. New content. <sighs> and then we're moving. Right into another one. And get, don't get me wrong. Before all you country fans come slamming at us, I'm a huge fan of Reba. I love Reba. I don't like remakes. Love Reba. Hate remakes. Right. <laughs> anyway, Reba McIntyre set to star in a new drama series based on fried green tomatoes. Interesting. We've seen it. Yeah. We've seen fried green tomatoes. They did a pretty epic job with fried green tomatoes. I don't know how you're going to do a series out of this. But there it is. We should say Norman Lear... So this guy's like like Clint Eastwood. Norman Lear's yeah, like damn near a hundred, and he is stop. still just out there producing hit after hit after hit. So um, yeah, it's going to explore the lives and descendants from the original work. Uh, McIntyre is going to star as a present day Iggy Thorogood, uh, who returns to Whistle Stop after a decade away and must wrestle with the changed town. Huh. So they're going to update it, but I mean. Yeah, I don't know, and make it a series. So it's gonna be pretty interesting, especially if you already watched the movie. It's gonna be like take by take. I feel like. So. Yeah, I like Norman Lear. I love Norman. He's a brilliant man. So many hit shows that that guy's behind, and and just a, I mean, epic, epic individual. But mm-hmm. yeah, not sure about this one. Yeah. All right, guys. Here it is. The rumor we are debunking right now. That is correct. We teased it earlier. Sony. Despite the rampant fucking crazy ass rumors <laughs> that were going everywhere this past week, it's kind of sad because it I, I wanted it to be real. Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield have not officially signed on to Spider-Man 3. Yes, but you left out a key word there because in the official statement, yet. in the official statement, <laughs> yet, Sony said have not yet signed on for Sony and Marvel Spider-Man 3. Now, I caught that right away when I read that statement. I'm like, that says yet. That says yet. So, I think it's happening. I think they're just trying to lock this down because they don't have them under contract yet, so they're being very careful with what's out there. But you don't throw in yet. You could have done it just like Logan did. They are not attached to Star in it. But they threw in yet. They did. They threw in yet. So, fingers crossed, but we are debunking. Not yet. Yet. That's all we're saying. <laughs> we will keep you updated because we want it as much as you do. We really do. A live action like, Spider-Man into so the Spider-Verse. Badass. Come on now. So bad. Come on, Sony. Get that shit done. And then have Shameek Morby Miles. That'd be great. Apparently, too. I saw that rumor, too. They apparently have already picked out somebody. They know who they want to play Miles, oh. and I guess that's in the plannings. They won't say who it is or whether we've seen them or not already, but yeah, so... And that's probably true because Marvel, as we know, has that shit planned out for the next years. 50 fucking years. So, years. I mean, yeah. It's insane. 
It's Woo! insane. Oh, man. Spike Jones has yeah. boarded Sony Pictures Classics' upcoming early 2021 release of Nine Days as an executive producer. And this one stars Winston Duke, uh, Zazie B- Betts, yep. uh, Benedict Wong, Bill Skarsgård, Tony Hale, a uh, whole bunch of other people, man. And this story follows a reclusive man, uh, Will, which is Winston Duke, yep. and who is conducting a series of interviews with human souls for a chance to be born. Uh, five contenders emerge, and during the course of nine days, Will tells each one of them and can only choose one damn yeah that's pretty uh supernatural-esque it is and you know th- this type storyline is we're seeing it it's very similar to soul yeah you know who who jamie fox's character it has to find his soul and get back to earth and like it just seems to be a popular topic right now yeah so um this sounds intense though yeah i feel like once one studio has an idea, and the other studios catch wind of it, and they're like, let's jump. I, I think that's probably true. Like, like, that, that sounds like – Winston Duke, too, man. That's a scary dog. He's on the, he's on the rise. Yeah, he's he, on the rise. He is, but he, he, he's he got that voice. And, yeah, you know, he's I, scary as shit. Yeah, can you imagine this guy interviewing your soul? Like, oh. please, please. Yeah, and Us is out on HBO Max now, so oh. we can watch that. Hell yes. Dude, Hell yes. So good. Going to do so it. Good. Oh, man. Heading over to STX Films. They are – Doing some collaboration with Selena Gomez. Uh, she is set to star in a psychological horror thriller, Dollhouse. Mm. Oh, that sounds scary already. Uh, which she will also produce under her July Moon Productions banner. The plot details have been kept under wraps, but sources say the project is set uh, in upper of New York City's fashion scene and said to be like the vain version of Black Swan, a search for director is currently underway. Yeah, if it's anything like Black Swan, I'm excited as hell to see it. I don't think Selena Gomez gets nearly enough credit for her acting skills. She's so good. Forget, you know, Wizard of Waverly Place or any of that kind of stuff. If you've seen any of the drama that she's done, what was that movie with Paul Rudd about the, the guy in the wheelchair? Mm. You, you remember that mm-hmm. one? It was fantastic. Look it up on Netflix. I'm sure it's still on there. But um, just a brilliant film. She's a really great dramatic actress. And if you guys saw fucking Black Swan, you know that shit was dark, twisted, crazy shit. So if Selena be getting up in that kind of a day, I'm I'm excited as hell. Hell yeah. Good for her, man. You keep going. And she's making that move behind the camera. She is. She's producing a bunch of shit and like really getting there. So I love to see young people who didn't get caught up in the whirlwind of I'm this or I'm this and just taking advantage and rolling with it, man, and get, and doing all kinds of different things. So congrats, Epic, Selena. Man. Epic, man. Now, heading over to the streaming juggernaut, at least for now, uh, Netflix, Adam McKay, who is everywhere right now, this guy oh, yeah. is making a shit ton of shit, um, his upcoming Netflix film, Don't Look Up, has added the cast along with previ- previously announced Jennifer Lawrence, Rob Morgan in the film, and is also now starring Leo DiCaprio. Holy shit. Yeah. Kate Blanchett, Jonah Hill, and Hymish Patel, Timothy Charmet, Ariana Grande, (laughs) Kid Cudi, Matthew Perry, and Tomer uh, Sisley. Yeah, that has got to be like the biggest, most epic cast since like Ocean's Eleven or something. Yeah, right. I mean, that is a lot of A-listers in one movie, y'all. Exactly. Like, seriously. Matthew Perry tweeted, it was so fucking funny. He's like, I'm not quite sure how I ended up in the credits under Leo, but we'll we'll fix that. I'm just happy to be involved in this project. We'll get that taken care of. Um, And then he he had another one where I guess he was 
that he's been casting something with Meryl Streep and he made a comment about he was living a dream and he had to be pinched to wake up. I love that to see Matthew Perry make a big comeback right. and kind of like see him resurge after, you know, all the success with friends. And he's had some hits and misses, but he's just a great guy. So. He is a great guy. Completely uh, agree. This one sounds interesting, too. The film follows two low-level astronomers who embark on a media tour to warn the world that it's about to be destroyed by an asteroid. Yeah, right? Like, that's so random to have all these crazy announced people. I know! That is, like, a huge cast. Which one out of those two, you know, those two guys are going to be, which one of the huge cast is going to be them? Right. Like, that's, uh, if it's Leo and Matthew, oh, my God, that'd be so fucking epic. It would be. I just don't even know. I know, right? I know. Oh, now, heading over to, staying here, Netflix. Uh, <laughs> Billy Burke is set to star opposite of Margaret Margaret Qualley. Yes. Uh, and uh, Andy McDowell in yes. Netflix's upcoming dramedy series, Made. Remember, yes. this show it, it revolves around Qualley's uh, character, Alex, a single mother who turns to housekeeping to barely make ends meet, and she battles against poverty, homelessness, and bureaucracy. Uh, Tome primar- are told primarily through her point of view, uh, Maida described as a beautiful life, gritty and inspiring exploration of poverty in America. Yeah, and Burke's going to play the father. So you guys remember this one. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. This is the first time Margaret Qualley and her mom, Andy McDowell, will be working in a project together. Yeah. Real-life mom and daughter. So it sounds interesting. And Burke's going to be the estranged daddy in that scenario. So yeah. um, it'll be a hit. Yeah. I, I think it'll be a hit. Hopefully, I'm a fan. It's, hopefully it's more than one season. Oh, right. <laughs> right. And, I mean, in Netflix, you never know. You never know. Like, you never know. But, I mean, I definitely think this is something, a topic that needs to be talked about a lot. I mean, go back and listen to our interview with Melinda Hale, recording artist uh, Melinda Hale. She talks a lot about poverty and the homelessness, and especially in L.A. There's a huge homeless problem in L.A. Mm. And a lot of places we've been, honestly, New York, Charlotte, like a lot of freaking places that have a big high rise in homelessness. So we need to figure something out guys need to figure something out so i'm glad that it's showing shining light on these problems absolutely talking about the gray yeah i mean shit there's fucking homeless people living in tents across the street from the fucking white house yeah that tells you everything what's wrong yeah exactly just i don't even know Mm. Ooh, you a friend of friday night lights Mm. yeah kyle chandler yeah Yeah. well kyle chandler it's about to be on your tv again (laughs) set to join the cast of the upcoming netflix pick slumberland joins previously announced cast members jason momoa Chris O'Dowd and Matthew oh, Marlo Barkley. Um, oh, that's that's interesting. It right. t- it's actually being adapted from Windsor McKay's Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland. Interesting. It, we don't know anything more than that because yeah. it's completely under wraps. But it's got Jason Momoa and Kyle Chandler, so it's going to be huge. Yeah, I, I I do find it funny that Aquaman is going to be in something about you know underwater yeah it is pretty funny (laughs) come on well done talk about typecast exactly (laughs) exactly well done oh my goodness netflix is doing some cool things though uh they have acquired john poliquin's directed short film selfie and it's also going to be made into a feature length that will explore the horrors of body image in the age of social media they're doing a lot of stuff with the social media Uh, they really are but this is an important one because there's a lot of body shaming and shit going on in social media you know with with 
with be it selfies or TikToks or remember that one woman who got in fucking huge legal trouble when she snapped a picture of the uh, old fat woman at the at the in the shower at mm. the gym yeah. and she posted it online and thought it was funny and everything and then all kinds of legal trouble for that shit. So this is an important topic and Netflix, like I said, you know, they have been taking some risks lately. I feel like this is a one to take a risk on that's important. Yeah. Like you said, there it's a topic that deserves conversation. So good for Netflix, man. Agreed. Agreed. And they're also doing some things. They're also doing some big things. Uh they're probably leading the way in documentaries right now, especially for streaming services. And they are about to put out a new documentary about singer songwriter Sean Mendez mm. titled In Wonder. Uh it's uh coming to Netflix on November twenty third, so just around right around the corner. Uh just days before his fourth studio album Wonder arrives on December fourth. So this is gonna be pretty cool. It's gonna be pretty cool. It's gonna follow, you know, the album process and uh the years before the album as well. So it's gonna be it's been being filmed over the past few years, so it's gonna be a lot. So I'm betting we see a lot of Camilla Cabello. Maybe. Yeah. I'm just saying, if it's been filmed over the last couple of years, she's in it. Yeah. You know she will be. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know. You know. I'm just saying. Now, oh. you, you were talking about taking chances, right? Taking chances. You were talking about it. Um, Netflix is getting rid of its 30-day free trial to focus on that free website that we talked about a couple weeks ago where you can like stream their pilot episodes for all their hit series. Um I'm not sure this is a good idea. I mean, of course, we were talking about off-camera and off-recording that Netflix is, was the innovator when it comes to streaming. So they're probably looking for the next big thing, especially in the marketing department. But I don't think this is the right no. way to do it. No. And will you get bombarded with emails telling you to sign back up if you if you bail now? Right. Like, you know, I, I just think this is a bad idea. You should. I feel like anybody who signs up for that 30-day free trial – keeps it yeah because i mean if you get 30 full days and you see what's on netflix and all the stuff you can watch i don't know too many people that walk away from it no. but now you won't get that chance exactly so, like i, I just well, yeah especially on the website it's a limited amount of content like it's not even everything you all got some diamonds in the rough but you're literally only showing your quote-unquote most popular shows so i feel like eh, it's a lose situation man you gotta let the people taste the wine before they buy the wine exactly <laughs> like exactly I, I don't know man we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one see what happens this next one you were talking about paramount having these like relationships yeah. with all of the streamers kind of a thing it just seems to be like where if paramount you know doesn't want it they they know somewhere they can put it agree and so this next one by no surprise because amazon has more money than anyone uh amazon has purchased eddie murphy's highly anticipated sequel to coming to america Coming to America too. Yeah, buddy. It's been bought by Amazon from Paramount for a hundred and twenty-five million dollars. Um, it's expected to hit the streamer on December eighteenth. Eddie Murphy has signed off on it. He's happy with the deal. Um, and apparently, uh, what was what took so long for this to happen was some marketing deals. Huge with McDonald's and stuff. You guys know coming to a McDonald's, McDowell's, and like yeah. you know, there's all kinds of like you know product placement and and stuff like that. So apparently there were some marketing deals that were holding up the deal, but those are done. That's all good to go. So if you were excited for this film, I was. Arsenio Hall, you know yeah. Eddie Murphy, like bringing everybody back. James Earl Jones. It's gonna be really really cool uh, to see them all back together. So and now Amazon. You yeah. can see it on Amazon, man. I'm exactly, pumped. Exactly, exactly. Amazon is doing some questionable things, though, because I don't know how I feel about this one. Uh, they have greenlit a young adult horror drama series based on the 1997 movie 
I know what you did last summer. Mm. And the story will share a premise that it had with the movie in which a group of teenagers is stalked by a killer for a year uh, or a year after a fatal accident on their graduation night, uh, but put a modern spin on the material. So, eh, mm-hmm. eh, if Freddie Prince and or Jennifer Love Hewitt aren't in this thing at all. Exactly. Epic fail. Ryan, I mean, I th- I feel like the four originals should at least have cameos. Agreed. You know, Sarah Michelle Geller and Ryan Philippine, for anybody who doesn't know the original four. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I just, I loved the movie. It was one of my all-time favorite movies back at that time. Jennifer Love Hewitt, huge fan of Jennifer Love Hewitt. Loved her on Party of Five, so when she starred in this, I was just like, yeah, she's making the jump to film. Uh, I don't know if this is a good idea. Like, why do you have to make a series out of successful movies? I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't understand. And you don't always have to make a movie out of a successful series either. We've seen that one go that way too. So it's not necessary. I don't know. I just uh, – come on, Amazon. I know. I mean, you, we can do better. I, we can do better. We can. We can. We, we've got something for you. Yeah, what's saying. up? What's you up? No, I mean, mean – It's not a remake. It's not. New idea. It's new idea. <laughs> oh, man. But they also just acquired Raindrop, mm. a grounded sci-fi actor. Action thriller uh, pitched uh, pitched by scribes Anna Halberg and Spencer Cohen. Uh, the story centers around an estranged mother and daughter who focus to team up and unravel a conspiracy after a time travel mission goes a little wrong. Oh, so so it's a mother daughter time traveling team. No. Oh. <laughs> Okay, okay. I mean, yeah, at least it's original. Yeah. I mean, the the time travel concept's not, but a mother and daughter time traveling, something goes wrong. Who better to fix it than a mom and daughter? I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay, Amazon. Raindrop. Right. Does that have something to do with the rain fucks it up? Like, does rain fuck up time travel? Right. Like, can you not travel time in the rain? Like, we're going to find out. We are going to find out. The mom out. and daughter are going to tell us. It's going to be fantastic. Hell yeah. Raindrop. Raindrop. <laughs> Rosebud. <laughs> like Yeah, you have to say it like that. You have to say raindrop. Like, like, like get Kiefer Sutherland to do it. Remember him with butterfly. butterfly. Just have him say raindrop. It'll be perfect. I'm telling you. Trust us. Oh, Call us. Call us. We got ideas. We do. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, now heading over to Apple. Uh, Apple TV's adaptation of The Essex Serpent mm. um, has halted pre-production after Keira Knightley dramatically dropped out just weeks after announced she was going to be headlining the series. Yeah. Uh, this is crazy. Yeah. COVID again. Yeah. She's she's saying that she does not feel safe in the environment. She is not okay with I guess their safety protocols or like how it was all gonna go down. So she has dropped out. And what's even more crazy, she was in place not only, but she was a producer on this project, yeah. was kind of responsible behind it to even get it greenlit and going and everything. And so she's just gonna drop out. It really sucks. It's really unfortunate, but I mean health is like definitely the thing you have to look out for. First and foremost, especially if you're around older, elderly people Mm -hmm. and or young people, anybody who has a heart condition, all this different stuff that falls under the criteria of a high risk possible, you know, infection. So, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. It just it really sucks on especially if she was really a part of getting this thing greenlit. It sucks that you have to drop out on something that you probably worked really hard to get it made so. and i'm wondering if she's gonna stay on as like in a producer type role or whatever or have any kind of a say in now we should say it's not being canceled no or not being you know shoved to the side she they're just, just 
temporarily yeah. halting because they're looking for a new lead. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. We'll keep an eye on that one, see what's kind of going on. So Exactly, man. I don't know. Definitely, definitely. Well, now it is time for the guest segment, yes. everyone. We got Nicole Steinwoodell yes. coming on the show to talk about everything, man. Everything. Anything and everything. <laughs> like, she's just a phenomenal person. I'm so super excited just for everyone to hear this interview because it's great because she explains how it's okay not to be okay yes yes uh just truth from start to finish yeah. she just she brings the truth and um you know it, it at points guys it might be a little difficult to listen to i do want to put that out there because it does dive deep into some mental health stuff and some stuff that she went through so we just want to kind of put that little warning out there for you but um it's worth the listen you guys really trust good. me it, it, it's it's a dynamic interview that you guys really need to listen to so I'm excited. Definitely, definitely. Well, here she is. Nicole Steinwedell, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. How are you today? I'm so good. It's so good to be here. There's all these ants. and <laughs> <laughs> But we're the good kind of ants. We get crazy, but we don't mess with your food or anything. Like, I have never met a bad kind of ant. Uh, maybe call me crazy, but like, I like the ants. They're hardworking. They hang out in nice communities. Like, I just had problems with them. Yes. See someone who recognizes the hard work. Oh, <laughs> um, sorry about my tardiness. Please forgive me. Um, my appointment that was so important was my dentist. I was like listen i gotta go i have an interview <laughs> so are you hopped but, up for the interview did you get some drugs from the dentist right. <laughs> oh no i wish that would have been fucking awesome oh it would have been <laughs> so crazy because we get crazy <laughs> oh, good. listen to me when i tell you that i can get crazy fully sober fantastic <laughs> that's our favorite kind of guest this exactly. is already off to a great start <laughs> We well, can just drop the mic now. It's that's right. Good. Done. Over. Best I'm interview ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are super excited to have you on the show. I, I have been a fan for a long time. I was a huge unit fan, so I know you from there, but have just been following your career for a long time. So we're definitely going to talk about the unit a little bit and all the stuff that you – I mean, over yeah. 40 television credits. Yeah, man, that's impressive. Um, but we are going to talk about that. But what we like to do first is kind of introduce you to the fans for anybody who might yeah. not be familiar with you. So how did you get started in the industry? Was it something that you always wanted to do? Like acting, this is my thing. I know I'm going to do it. Or did you kind of fall into it? Or how'd that all come about? Yeah. Okay. So for me, uh, I don't think I knew I wanted to be an actress until high school. I was, I, I can get into this in a bit, but I was raised in a kind of very conservative, um, sheltered community. And I didn't really know about performing or anything except for what you see in church, like evangelical style, which was very appealing. Um, <laughs> right. That's probably, where, that's probably where the seed was planted, if I'm being honest. Actually, that <laughs> is where the seed was planted. I would like memorize chapters of the Bible and then beg them to let me perform them. Oh, and I would, okay. I would like recite bible to everybody which is amazing I, i'm sorry i just put that together but yeah then in high school i um i missed tryouts for sports so my elective was theater and i felt like i found my people my people and i just had so much fun and um and i learned like that you know for me it was anything performing but also anything like creative and just outside the norm i was a good student but i wanted to do what was hard for me which was performing <laughs> mm. so uh, you say you missed sports you're like for anybody who doesn't know she's like 5'11 she has just like legs <laughs> yeah. that will not stop um was it basketball <laughs> what, what were you gonna try for well what i well what i mean was yeah like i so i skipped i was homeschooled and then mm. i skipped eighth grade and went to ninth grade so by the time I, I begged my parents to let me go to school and we had just gotten out of the 
this cult we were in. And I was like, please let me go see people. <laughs> oh my did. goodness. But when that happened, I like tested into like 11th grade, but, but socially they were like, you don't know your ass from your elbow. So they kept, they went to ninth grade with me and it's, it's a good thing. I didn't go to 11th grade, but, um, but I, because of that, I had missed all the spring tryouts for all the sports. Mm. And so I had really no options. I had to do PE and like in theater. And then the next year I got into, cause my mom had had us in gymnastics when I was little. And my little sister is an amazing gymnast. She's a more like strong and stocky athlete to the, to the max, but I sprouted up real tall. And so I couldn't flip like the other, like eight, nine and 10 year olds. <laughs> I just couldn't. And I was like, mom, please let me do piano or something. And cause I have like Jafar fingers. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I really do. But um, but it was just, you know, I'm the oldest of five kids. You can't have every kid in every sport. No right. fault of theirs. And so I just tried and tried as gymnastics until high school. And then um, when I went into sophomore year, I tried out for cheerleading because that was perfect combo. I could flip a little. Like, <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Not like Olympic style. Right. And then I could I could I could bounce around and cheer people on. I like doing that and I like performing. I like being in front of everybody. So it was like the perfect but all the things people ask me because I'm five eleven. I'm actually like five eleven and a half, but like, <laughs> it's fine. just it's say fine. six foot. Yeah. Just say six foot. Well, no, I was, but I would say five twelve in auditions because nobody wants a six foot actress. Except for <laughs> Davis. It's like and there's tons of tall actresses. I could probably name all of them. But I think there's something sometimes when people hear six feet, they're like, Whoa, what? Right. So I say five twelve and now gravity and like age i'm definitely 511 and a half so <laughs> <laughs> but still 6 foot 4 with heels right <laughs> Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> so you're never starring opposite Tom Cruise. It's okay. It's fine. It's all right. Whatever. Wasn't Nicole Kidman? She still is like 5'10". I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. He wears platforms anyway. It's okay. You're right. It's true. Yeah, exactly. Look, if you're good enough, and I want to tell all of your fans this, if you're good enough, they will find you, and they will build an apple box for Tom Cruise. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you just keep being you, and don't be intimidated by short men's intimidation. You just give away his secret nicole oh my gosh the oh, apple pox yeah, I'm, the first one. I'm the first one no no but i've dealt with that even in my um uh career sure um, like oh, can you just stand on the other side of the hill <laughs> or here why don't you try these or like my stunt double or my stand-in always has giant platforms on because they're not as tall or but not even point, not even career-wise i mean what about personal okay I, i'm just gonna ask person i mean did that like how hard was it dating when you're like 5 11 did you find that you intimidated a lot of guys younger guys like throughout school yes. or throughout the yeah <laughs> the, the short answer to that is yes um and, and it took me a while to understand that that intimidation wasn't my responsibility mm, yes i was also like very very late bloomer in terms of actually dating again conservative background wasn't allowed to date in high school but like you know flirting and trying and figuring it out and i will say that it doesn't matter to me what height somebody is i think i dated a guy who was like five nine and he and i said hey does it bother you like i'm a little I'm just checking, you know, this is the thing. And he goes, no, you're not taller than me laying down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is confidence. That's and right. I like the is. approach, man. I like the approach. <laughs> and that's all a girl of any height wants is someone who truly understands their own power, regardless of their height. Yes. Know? Love and, that. You see yeah. the kind of advice you get on this show? Exactly. Like, it's, it's not just <laughs> acting advice. You know, you get some personal <laughs> advice right there. Men be confident. 
coming from well, a short guy, you got to be confident. Right? I, you know, I'm lucky I make five eight, so confidence is all I have. It's, it's great. Well, no, but that's not all you have. I mean, my sister is married to a guy who's three inches shorter and three years younger than her, and like they are my favorite couple. They're so strong and powerful, and it has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with it. It just doesn't matter. And if you think about where you where you line up, I don't mean to sound sexist, but like a short guy lining up on a girl's body, like when she's wearing heels, it works. I'm just gonna talk. No, no, no. no. I, I will. It. I will concur. I, I thank goodness the daughter isn't here. I'd get myself in all kinds of trouble. But I would concur. That's accurate and and um true. So uh, it has it has worked out pretty well. I mean, you know, sometimes you just leave the heels on. It works out so well. It's okay. Exactly. Okay, sorry. I got excited. That's exactly right. But it's taken me. I have to say, a long time to be so excited about this you know i don't think as starting out as an actress or as somebody dating i was as confident and you could look at pictures from high school and i'm always like hunched over mm. trying to be the same height as my best friend who was like seriously still is like five five you oh, know shit. like and, and yeah. so just learning that it's okay like that i'm not some sort of freak and uh, uh or anything or, or that my my intimidation is something that I've got to compensate for in a room. Like, mm. A, I can't. You never can. You can't convince somebody to have some sort of like okayness with you. That's like probably what I could talk about the longest is how to own your own boundaries and not try to control other people because mm. that's what our work and, and life is all about, right? Definitely. Especially, yeah, like you said, being confident in your own skin because, I mean, other than plastic surgery, you're not changing. Um, so <laughs> you just got to be confident, be happy with who you are, and, I mean, you know, yeah. keep living life. That's what it's all about. Yeah. But uh, yeah. what I really wanted to talk to you about was your one-woman show, Temple Tantrum. Um, oh. I'm honestly super excited to talk about this because how do you even get started with this? Obviously, you write it. You put it all together. But how do you go out to local theater programs and get this thing seen? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So, okay, let me see if I can answer your question. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got sidetracked by something else but in your, in your question. But the, how do you get it seen? It wasn't yeah. heels, was it? You no, weren't thinking about heels Still, no, no, guys, I've left the heels. I'm with you. I'm right here. Okay. Uh, so my thought, well, how do you get people to see it? Well, I mean, the, the deal, the real how do you get it is how do you create it? And mm -hmm. how I created it was by giving myself, I mean, I knew I had this story to tell. It's about the cults I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And it turned out, of course, to be more about that, more about the abuse that I internalized and put onto myself way after we left that situation. Mm. So it turned out to be more of my like, Hey, I got to own this story. So it doesn't own me. Mm -hmm. And I'm a storyteller, but this is the scariest story that I've ever had to tell. Right. So I have to make sure I face it. And, and I think that my healing can help others. So the way that I actually did it and got it done was I, I, I just begged this amazing um, actress and director Kimley Smith to help me. So to be my director, uh -huh. which was somebody who could then like sign on early on. So I knew I had a person to be accountable to because when you're one woman doing it all, it's like you got to have somebody to check in with. Right. Me. Hey, exactly. Keep me on, a, keep me on point. And the other thing I did, and this was her recommendation, was she's like, book the space. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not ready. I'm like one third of the way through. No, no, no. She's like, I'm serious. Book the theater. Mm. And what, what that meant was me putting my money, my hard-earned money, but also my, my timeline in effect. So right, I yeah. had to show up. I had, I, had, I had confirmed the space. I had paid for it. I, I publicly posted about it. Like, I was doing this. Yeah, you're held <laughs> accountable. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and, and in terms of what that is, how do you get theater spaces? I mean, there are so many beautiful black box theaters in L.A. I mean, theater in L.A. gets a bad rap because mm -hmm. it's not New York and it's not Chicago. Um, and that's okay. 
but it, the other thing is, you know, you saw La La Land. The one woman show sort of stereotype isn't great. Mm-hmm. Right. In terms of, but the good news is I had barely seen La La Land. I had no idea it was a trope. I had no idea that people <laughs> do these things just to get attention. I was doing this because I needed to exorcise it from my soul. Right. I was doing this because I wanted to get married healthy. Like I didn't want to get into my marriage unhealthy in this right. way of like right. my own self. So for me, that's why I did it. I didn't, I didn't have any thing about attracting attention or, or getting reps different or anything like that. So for me, that's where that came from. And whew, what am I? Sorry, I'm talking fast. Okay. No, no, no you're for good. anybody who doesn't know though, it's a, it's, it, it would sound like it's, it's a pretty intense drama, right? It's about a cult. It's about a girl that's, that's witnessing, um, if I'm not mistaken, her mother being beaten and, and, and kind of the abuse in the house that she's going through and all of this kind of stuff. And yet it's a comedy. Which I thought was just an amazing approach because I feel like sometimes when you're dealing with that type of subject matter and you're and yeah. you're almost trying to you know use it as therapy, like you said, to exercise it from yourself. What better way to to tell such a serious story than through comedy, right? Oh, totally. I mean, isn't it Oscar Wilde who said, "If you want to tell the truth, make them laugh, or else they'll kill you." Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, Absolutely. You can't. People will look away if it's too painful, and we all have a story that's painful. And but it's it's really that I I mean that also helped me. I I was like, if I'm going to do this, I have to do it from a place of healed. I am healed. That's why I can tell this story. So I get to go back and find the delight in my childhood. I get to find the moments. I get to entertain these people and also just hit them with the truth of life without being, um, without insulting their intelligence or, or making them think that it all has to be so, so intense. Like, I, I had a, the part of the allure of any cult situation is that it's incredibly fun. Mm. It's incredibly charming. It's incredibly intoxicating. There's nothing un- unhealthy about it, seemingly, which is why people get drawn in. Um, and, and just to correct, it wasn't my mom who was beat in front of me as much as my, my brothers and sisters uh-huh. and me. And, and uh, um, there was some other gross stuff, but. I don't know how wise it is to get into it without explaining the whole thing. Right, but I'm, right. I'm down to do it. Well, okay, I, that's not true. I did one of the. Wow, did you watch the show? Uh, I I watched the trailer and watched as many pieces as I could find of it that people oh, posted. Awesome. So yeah, oh, I have, wow. I wish I could see the show. So you sh- you're gonna have to perform it again. Um, I, I <laughs> oh, thought yeah, just the pieces I saw that people posted and the trailer were just phenomenal, yeah. absolutely phenomenal. Oh, thank you, thank you, and 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 um, I I. I appreciate that. And uh, I don't know what to say except for that it was literally the hardest thing I've ever done and also the most rewarding. Wow. Well, that brings me to my next question. How big and how important is your mental health to you and how aware of it are you? Because, I mean, obviously this helped you a lot get over a lot of stuff that happened in your childhood. So how big of an impact is mental health for you? Yeah. um, Okay. You're on to me. (laughs) I mean, seriously, this is my biggest, I think, uh, this is why probably I'm an artist. I think this is why I'm here talking to you because for me lately, especially, it's been about... Yeah, my my mental health is like primary, like like number one. How's my relationship to me today? Yes. And the way that you, I think, healthily navigate our business is with that relationship intact. Mm. And and uh, I didn't always have it intact, so I'm well aware of of what that costs. And I've seen a lot of other people struggle with that. And I think so many artists are here because they weren't seen and heard as children. Were any of us fully? No. Like, you know, that's all, we're all human and we're all discovering and no parenting is perfect. But there's, I I feel like there's some natural born performers who are just so okay with themselves and can just turn it on at any moment. Right. And then there's the rest of us who are just 
deeply yearning to fully heal through our art. <laughs> Definitely. And that, that can be sometimes in contrast uh, to what commerce wants, to what our industry wants, uh, to what I look like on the outside. Cause I'm, I was super hot and like, there's nothing wrong with that, <laughs> but it can be in conflict if, if I don't know myself well enough to, to make sure that's not my identity, you know, right, to make right. sure I don't lean on to that for power or, or give my power away. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and it's so important in an industry that's literally built on rejection to be able to come into it, you know, with a strong mental game because, you know, and it's so inspiring for all the listeners right now that are listening to you because you talk about, you know, the personal struggles that you went through and the things that you dealt with in childhood and to come through it and to be able to have the success that you've had and to be able to share that with other people and, and, and inspire them and, or help them work through what, I mean, that's what art is all about, I think. And, 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 What we try to do with this podcast and what we try to do with the projects, our film and television projects that we work on, is to inspire and or help others to to start a conversation and and to put it out there. I I call it healing by example. Yes. I'm here on this planet to heal by example. I'm here to help others. This is not about me. Like Martha Martha Graham says, like, let me be a channel. It is not for me to judge. It is not for me to figure out. It is for me to get clear so that the work and the whatever you want to call it, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert calls it spirit. You know, it's like so that it can come through me Mm. because we are just a vessel in a way of like stories that maybe have been told before, but never by us. You have your own unique voice. And it's taken me a long time to figure that out. Well, and I got to tell you too, another thing that will kill you in this industry is ego. And I bring that up because I want people to go to your website and watch that video that you did. It's absolutely (laughs) brilliant. It's it's a little video that she did called Ego. And it's basically your ego talking to yourself. And I've got to tell you, it was absolutely, I was dying laughing. And then I was like, oh no, damn, that's real good. That's real serious. It's like you're basically berating yourself but it's at the end you're like nope i'm just gonna put my ego aside i'm not gonna listen to it anymore it's great um talk about that a little bit like what what it's like i mean especially in this crazy pandemic about you know being able to create your own content even if it's something as fun as a little video like that at home um how important that is to stay creative during all this the most the most 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 important uh, i can't talk (laughs) the most important (laughs) because there, I got excited. It's, it's <laughs> that one, especially like I was like, uh, you know, going stir crazy and, and, and recognizing that same voice in my head, which we all have our own version of this, mm-hmm. right. which berates the crap out of us. And it comes, it's not dissimilar from the voices that come up in my show that like sort of were the hypercritical, completely abusive, not helpful voices. And I thought, well, let's use this power for good. <laughs> like, what if all these voices are telling me I'm not doing the right thing and I'm, I'm wasting this COVID time and I'm um, not, I'm being, I'm, I'm being a burden and I'm not being helpful and I'm not being enough. And I'm all these things, oh, stupid, stupid, stupid. They're all voices in our head that like, if we don't recognize as not us, mm. they can make us feel that that's exactly who we are and be um, paralyzing in terms of our growth, alienating in terms of our relationships and like distancing from ourselves further and further. And like I said, for me, I'm pointing, you can't see me, but (laughs) acting is about the you to you relationship. So I point to my head and then I point to my heart. It's like, there's, you got to make sure that whatever it is you understand or you want to say, and you want to express, you want people to understand about you, that you're still connecting to like, how are you doing? How's your heart? come back to center. And in the, in the ego video, I just use meditation Mm -hmm. and connection to my fiance to do that. 
um, to, to remind me of who I am, that like, we're not alone ever. The lie is always separation. The truth is always connection. Mm. So as I come back to that, like my little voice in the video dissipates, right? And it goes down. But then the joke of the video is right after it gets super calm, boop, she pops back up. Right, right. <laughs> Because the truth, because the truth of life is, it will pop back up. It no, will. our work is never done, and that's right. okay. We just get to have a better and better and kinder and gentler relationship to that voice. Yes, wow, Whew. that was deep. That was. That was deep. I love that though. And another like, T-shirt. Like what? What was it? Acting is the art of you in yourself. I mean, that is so so good, so good. <laughs> um, you and yourself. Yeah, it's <clears throat> yeah. And I mean, talking about this and talking about your mental health and egos and all this stuff. And I mean, yeah. in the time of global pandemic where you're staying at home, how big do you take social media seriously? Like, is it something that's just like a personal thing that you can use to kind of promote your stuff? Or I mean, I, we've had guests on that uh, said that when they go into an audition, sometimes the casting director or a producer asks them how many followers they have. So that can be kind of demeaning in a sense that they feel like they don't have enough followers to get the role. So I mean, how, yeah. how big of an impact is social media on your life? Huh, that's an interesting question. Um, uh, yeah, I, hmm. Right. Well, first of all, I haven't, uh, yeah, I've been asked that question in terms of pitching me. So they can't even get me in the room if I don't have over, you know, 25,000 followers wow. or a hundred thousand followers. So, but what I find with those projects, all they're trying to do that, look, everybody's trying to change with the changing industry. So right. the truth is they're like, listen, we gotta, we gotta get, make sure eyeballs are on this. We're not gonna, we need now actors to be part of the draw and mm -hmm. draw is different than, than movie star box office, except if you're Marvel Disney. So the truth is like, they need these, they need to have a built in audience. And because our industry is so proliferated, is that the right word? Like it's yep. just spread out over everything and everybody has their platform. Mm -hmm. You're I can see why they want that. Um, and I have not found that to be the case with big projects. Big projects still want great actors. You know, that, that that's more like the douchey mid-level projects. Yeah. Said, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, whoever was going to hire me that now won't because I said that. No, but like, no. I don't care because it, it's, it's just them. It, it's a fear-based mentality. Mm -hmm. But it's also, that's part of business, right? Is that you're hedging your bets based on how many followers your your, your talent has. Right. But they, they've been doing it for freaking decades with um, – foreign pre-sales yep. uh, overseas. So we, it's the same deal, different, different name. And for me, in terms of my personal relationship, social media, um, I probably could go harder in terms of upping my numbers and adding my hashtags. I really like it as a, as a personal outlet. I remember I used to have like a private one and then a, and then a public one mm -hmm. a while ago. And now it's like, pff, it's all out there. Like <laughs> I, I, I share, Fuck it. I, share look, I, I did my one woman show. If you don't know that, you, you know, my, like my whole life. Right. And the truth is like, I am my, if my, if my thing is heal by example, then I'm going to fucking heal by example. And Hell yeah. Good and the bad. And it's still Instagram and you still, you throw in a hot picture every now and then. So <laughs> whatever. So, you know, feed the beast. I the love beast. that though. I love that. I do think it social media is kind of impacting the industry in a bad way a little bit that like mm. I mean the best possible actor isn't getting the right role because of their social media followers. Like you're missing out oh. on great talent because of social media. Uh, I hear you on that and I want to counter with like uh yes. Larry Moss is one of my favorite acting teachers mm -hmm. says, "Look, just be so good that they can't deny you." There we and go. And I have yet to find a case where an actor who works hard on their craft and I mean like craft, like voice, breath right, work, right. body, all that, not social media publicist. I mean like the actual stuff 
And it's weird how then you're, you open up the path for yourself with your work. And that goes back to the comment you made about creating your own content, uh-huh. because that is so much more the game than it was, I think, even five years ago. Uh-huh. And again, it's not even the game. It's just now people just want to hear you. They don't want to see your version of Hamlet. Well, maybe they do. But like, I mean, you know, they, actually, I would. Yeah, they want to like, be in the room where it happens. That's okay? right. They, they do. Yes, and they they want to trust. There's authenticity there. They want to trust you have your own voice. They they do want to hire the best actor. Sometimes they don't have the time, and they don't want to spend the money to do that. They they want to just. But nobody wants to be in those projects anyway. Yeah. So what do you want to do? Do you want to do quality or quantity? And how are you gonna how are you gonna survive and take care of yourself and make money? while you're getting your shit together and knowing that you're the best actor you can be. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, listen, that's, that's a balancing act. I don't have the answer to that. I just, I do think that like maybe social media, when you say it hurt, I thought maybe, but also look at the platform it's giving people with IGTV. Yeah. Look at what we've been able to do just in this time to like, I don't know, pull people together yeah. for the Black Lives Matter movement, pull people together to, to, to tell stories and to put out their own voice. I don't know. I think, I think I'm one of those ones like it's here to stay. So let's figure it out. Yeah. We, we definitely refer to it as a double edged sword. Like it could yeah. either help yeah. or it could either hurt and either way, like, yeah, it's here and I don't, yeah, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. I, I, I want to make a transition because you brought up quantity versus quality. And for mm. with somebody who's had, you know, like I said, at the top of the show, 40 or more television credits and some, somebody who's been able to make a successful living in that genre. What do you think about the shift now that we're seeing in that industry as far as the streamers and almost the, you know, Mm. the dying off of network television and Mm -hmm, it's all kind of going to streaming where, and I I feel like at first it was good because, you know, okay, we get to see original creators. We get to see some original content, but now with all of them having streaming services and they're vying for content, I I feel like maybe the, the, the quality will start to suffer because they're, they need so much to fill these 24-hour streamers now that it, it's become more about quantity than quality. What are your thoughts yeah. on it? Yeah, um, I hear you on that, and I think that we've seen that. I mean, I don't think all Netflix uh, content is quality. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> but they are turning it out beautifully, and they've, they've made an incredible business model for all these other streamers to follow. But I think uh, my short answer is, well, listen, here's, here's the truth, guys. I have not been as successful as I had wanted to be. I hope to be more successful in the future, but in terms of making my living, uh, yes, I have survived and it's been so fucking lucky by the grace of God. And I've had to bartend off and on through the years to supplement my living. I have not been, um, I, I was in a position in the industry where I was on lists and getting in auditions and getting rooms for a while after the unit and uh-huh. another pilot that I booked right away. And then I sort of fell, fell out of favor or fell into the lower third earning tier at ICM. So they dropped me. So when that happened, that's okay. But then you got to kind of like regroup. Right. So in terms of the old guard, I can't be here with you guys, honestly, and say, look, I'm part of this amazing, successful parting thing. And now this new thing is such a threat to me. I'm like, listen, I'm rolling with the changes of the time. <laughs> Hell yeah. That old way never really served me anyhow. Um, and, and, but for sure, there was some years there where I made incredible money because of the network structure mm-hmm. and because of residuals, I still make money. So I'm, I'm very grateful. I just... I don't know how to answer honestly without sharing that information of like, listen, no, I mean, <laughs> it's changing and it's going. And, and I have friends who are like on three shows at a time right. making less money than they were making doing one show in an, on a network. So I, in some ways it's expanding opportunities. So more actors get more jobs. And in other ways, because the old guard is still in effect in terms of the big agencies and the structure of representation, they're still going to try to monopolize 
a lot of the work uh. because they're trying to still hit their margins and hit their hit their money markers and see those go up with the rest of the economy. So everybody is scrambling for their piece of the pie. Right. And that's why I'm like, just going back to mental health, like <laughs> the love of the industry is just a reminder. Yes. You find your center, you artists, you find your center and know that as you do so, those jobs are going to come and they're going to come in the weirdest ways, but they do. They always do. They just come. That's it. And you just have to stay in your own fucking lane, Nicole. And it, it, it's, it's crazy, right? Because as creatives, sometimes the the hardest thing is when you're hit with a stick to remind you that it's a business. <laughs> you know, yes, yes, you, know, no, you have this passion and I'm acting and I'm telling a story and it's like, whoops, no, we're a business and we have to make money. So we're going to have to let no, you go. And it, you it's know just. That's, that's exactly right. There's nothing. And I, I do absolutely struggle with that because I am this like artist inside, but I look like a very commodity thing like i'm a very i could very much fit oh, that's a terrible way to put it sorry just cut that out <laughs> but do you know what i mean like yeah. I fit the thing i fit the bill so they're like oh put her in there coach okay now take her out she's done she's of a certain age but like it's not that it's just that that's one aspect of me and i i do need to remember that like yeah you're gonna go to set sometimes you're not gonna have this creative artistic moment you're gonna be told stand on your mark mm-hmm. do this say this again and it's not personal but it's weird how the better I become at understanding that you're hit, you're hit with the ruler of the industry. Right. The more free my actual art has become because mm. they're not, it's not dependent one on the other. I don't go to set to be validated. Right. I validate myself, you know? Right. And then on set, I feel free to like be sort of, yes, in my own creative authorship, but also like not precious. Mm. Right. So I can just play and be a kid again, which I maybe never got to be when I was a kid. That's it. And uh, you know, nothing, this industry is like so up and down. Nothing is guaranteed. I'm just going to say I was pissed yeah. as hell. I mean, I was fucking screaming at the TV when they canceled the unit. It was yeah. one of my favorite shows. I was oh. loving every second. Of, it's a hit. Yeah. It was still doing well in the ratings. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? Why did they just cancel this? This was like the storyline. When you came in, first of all, badass female, right? You're like Thank kicking you. ass. Yeah. Everything is going yeah. on. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man, the direction, the, the, it's going to be awesome. We're going to go for it. And, and then no. It's being canceled. I'm and like, you know what? what? Everybody, it bummed out everybody. The the writers, creators, David Mamet, us, the, the fans. The, uh, the easiest way to explain it, well, the way they explained it to me was like, listen, we put you on Sunday night instead of Tuesday night. At that time, a show called The Mentalist was mm-hmm. getting 11, 12, 12 million viewers a week in our slot on right. Tuesday. So they looked at us and we were only getting like 8 million. Nowadays, people would fucking kill for, for this. Hell exactly. yeah. But it was, it's just, it was a different world, right? Yep. And it was after Monday night or Sunday night, Sunday football. So sometimes it would get delayed. So back when people had DVRs and stuff, they wouldn't get the whole episode if it was uh, late. Right. So anyway, these are all small little reasons why it just, it, it, and also if it was at any other network besides CBS, it would have stayed because CBS was pulling crazier numbers than any other network at the time. Yep. And these are just like, these are just logistics and business things that we heard about that affected that bottom line decision. But in terms of like what we created and what I was lucky enough to come in on the fourth quarter of like, it was so awesome and life changing for me for a bunch of reasons. And I got to play because of the nature of my character, all this undercover stuff. So like new undercover, new, new languages, new costumes, like every week. It was right. so fun. It was so amazing. 
Yeah, so, and, yeah. Uh, a phenomenal cast. I mean, it, it no, just, no. I mean, to be the interaction every single week between the cast members was just incredible. And yeah. what it dealt with, I mean, the, the yeah. storylines that, you know, okay, you've got this elite unit, you know, but then you're also dealing with the wives at home and what goes on in yeah. the home life and the family. And yeah. you come in, oh, okay, well, this is a man world and this is the woman side of it. And now we're interjecting yeah. a woman into the man side. What? What's going on? And, it you was know, kind of ahead of its time in that way, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. But you dealt with so much stuff that was going on. in the, I mean, the the, the, the rape storyline and all of the different things that you were hearing about, all of the things going on in the military and the yep. ups and downs and the struggles. I felt like the show just dealt with it in such a way. And so, that I, again, I can't say I was so disappointing to see it not go on because it was just – somebody reboot this at Netflix, please. Come on. Right? Seriously. I think that that could happen. I mean, it would be a very different world and it would be interesting to – to delve into that now. You know? Absolutely. I remember feeling such an extreme responsibility to play that rape storyline with dignity and without like victiminess and wanting it to be, uh, if anybody was watching who had ever gone through anything like that for it not to be fucking television mm-hmm. version, you know, right. but to, to try to hold space for whatever that was. And, and then sort of not knowing where the script was going for anybody who hasn't seen, it's like, there's an attempted rape by one of my colleagues on Delta Force. And then it turns out it was all a fraud right. just to put this guy deep undercover so that he wouldn't be ever accepted and no one would ever consider him somebody who would be on Delta Force. And I remember feeling personally betrayed by that. Like, oh, what? I just went through all that. You know? And right. of course it had nothing to do with me, but it was such an interesting thing. Like, wow, people will do whatever they need to do to fight whatever war they're fighting. That's it. And it was uh, so brilliantly written that you had no yeah. idea. You, you know, the audience yeah. was just trapped in it like you were. And, and the performances yeah. that you guys were able to pull off and the realism and you like, you really were shocked by, wait, what? He isn't this? Yeah. He isn't that? It was just incredible. And Wes Adam, oh my gosh, such a great actor, such a generous human. Uh, he's doing so well on The Expanse right now. If you mm-hmm. watching that. Yep. Amazing, amazing human. Uh, especially holding space for me during that very, very uh, frightening storyline. So I really want to give him a shout out. There you go. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but I, <laughs> something that we've just started recently, starting to ask our guests that come on the show, what what shows are you watching right now? I mean, with everything going on, I mean, you have a lot of time to watch TV shows. Yeah. So oh what, what are you watching? <laughs> I am going to be the most worst guest ever. I think you're just going to have to bear with me on this because it's just the truth and I can't lie. It's just not my thing. Okay. But basically, like, I, I mean, like, oh, I'm going to cry a little. Um, <laughs> like, my fiance and I broke up and and he, it was his TV. So I just give the TV to the storage unit and, and I have no TV. So I, and I've been like just the processing this like big change in my life and have not wanted to consume goddamn anything except like the mountains <laughs> and the cows and the horses. And I've been out in nature. Oh, the, and the pictures are great, by the way. The nature pictures are fantastic. Oh, thank you. Well, I've just been trying to stay outside. And also, uh, I hope it's okay. I said that. Fuck. Oh, well. Oh, sure. But, and fuck it. Say fuck as often as you want. It's a fucking great show. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> okay. So, so, but I did watch, I did get the pre-trial of Disney Plus. Yes. Because I wanted to watch Hamilton live and I've watched it like three times and cried. And then I watched, <laughs> I just watched Life of Pi and I sobbed, mm. fucking sobbed. So I've been, I'm useless to you in terms of current content. I can tell you're giggling at me in the background. No, no you're doing it's great. All good. We it's love great. it. I mean, both great content right there. I mean, 
Great. I mean, I also watched. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. I got one. I watched Evie <laughs> Waller Bridge's uh, one woman show. So she who did um, Fleabag. Yeah. Sure you know. Yeah. She, she put up for charity. All of it goes to charity. All the when COVID started, her one woman show that originated the concept for Fleabag. So it's actually her on stage in a live performance in England, I think in London, mm. um, performing her show that, that brought her to Broadway, that created the the show that we all now know and love. And oh, wow. Having. So, of course, for me, that was like catnip because I had written this show, one woman show as well. So I wanted to see what what her deal was all about and see where, um, I don't know, I just in terms of writing, like how she went from that one hour piece to a whole concept for a show. Right. You Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. And it, she's brilliant. She's such a great comedian and also writer. Yeah. Wow. Well, a couple of things to take away from that. One, his loss. Two, stay Thank away you. stay away from Zoe's extraordinary playlist of counsel and dads. If you're a crier, stay away from those for a little while, okay? Brilliant shows, but do not watch them. We don't want to be responsible for you bawling your eyes out. Actually, listen, bawling your eyes out is not a bad thing. I'm going to just keep going back to a mental health for everybody who's listening. Yes. Listen, bawling is just a release, and I've been so grateful to learn to slow down and, and release because mm. I, I'm kind of a, a type A, go get them, figure it out, write a list, do it kick ass and take names but the truth is like i needed to slow down and to feel all of this and to grieve and to release and let it go and that has been my journey lately <laughs> and i i hope it's not too upsetting to people to say that and it's uh it's been what's happening so i have felt so the need to just like slow down and be with myself and sit with it even if it feels uncomfortable that's you know that's amazing though i mean this that's is by far the most honest interview we've ever had oh yeah um, you know people okay. try to come on and you know plug themselves and do the standard blah 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 but i mean this has been great personally no i, I got i got nothing i'd rather tell the truth and yes. frankly like i just that's where i'm at um and i was like wow do i have enough to share in terms of this industry with these guys right now. And I was like, yeah, I do. Yeah, I totally do. Absolutely. Because it's part of my journey and it's part of the storyteller I'm becoming. So like, I would love, I think that being visible, like I said, there's my two things, heal by example and live happily ever now. Like be in Mm. the fucking now, which is way easier said than done and allow yourself to be happy. It's not easy. No. Um, to just be here and trust that it's okay and you don't have to be scared. Damn, you're um, you're ahead of the game because uh, at the end of our inter- interview segments, we asked up and comer uh, for a piece of advice for the up and comers, and you already got it. You yeah, got that shit. Yeah. yeah, I think it's beyond yeah, I mean, inspiring. I mean, you have shown throughout the entire interview that you can go through struggles. You can you can have ups the up and downs in life, but you can overcome and still be happy and live life and be okay. Yes. And I think yes. you're you're an inspiration <laughs> to everybody listening right now to say if you're going through something, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna get through it. It's all right, and, and you can it you can so recover. Right. So yes, and the fact the the more honest you can be with yourself and be like whatever emotion you're feeling is okay to feel. And I think that we all need to hear this, men and women, especially in our society, just let yourself feel it. And as you do, it'll go faster through you. Do you know? Because I think I've tried to muscle around and be like, no, 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 put on a brave face or, you know, be competitive and be winner and blah, 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 and be beautiful all the time and look perfect and all these things. And that's what really got in my way when I was younger, right, is trying to do everything for other people to make sure they felt good about my performance, uh, myself as a daughter, myself as a uh, ICM client, whatever it is. And the truth is like, uh, this is all I got, but I know that if I start from here, even with you guys, that, that will get something really good and it'll, it'll, you'll hear me, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about taking care of yourself first. You cannot possibly be good for anybody else unless you're good for yourself first. I mean, that's just true. Absolutely. 
And uh, personally, honestly, we are here anytime, anytime you want us to hear you. You can come back anytime. I mean, talk about anything, shoot the shit, the industry, anything. That's so good. No, no, we're still here. We're still here. (laughs) I wanted to say, like, I have one other weird one, too, if you got me for a Yeah, of course. Okay, this is just bizarre, but I was going to say this to up-and-comers, like, or no, not even up-and-comers, about myself, and if it helps up-and-comers, great. I think I use that same model of, like, oh, I have to be more than, or, oh, I need to twist myself into a pretzel. Uh, I need to prove my worth to the industry just the way I did to this cult leader or to abusive people in my past. Uh I think the truth is people will treat you that way until you stop letting them. Uh So like for me, it was about reframing who I saw the industry as because I felt a little raked over the coals by the industry at a certain point in my um, late 20s because of what happened in terms of just circumstances. And I thought it was personal and it wasn't. So it was important for me to go back and be like, no, you're so lucky. You worked so hard. You did great. Shit happens. That's and this it. person, this industry is not some abusive force in your life. You can't use it for that anymore. If you're going to stay and play, use it for the right reasons, you know? Yep. And that helped me a lot to recognize that like, that's within me, that stuff. And that's not the industry. That's not my agent. That's not interviews. That's the way that I approach the work. So I hope that. Makes yeah. Sense. No, you know, and if there's a, there's a few people in my life like that, that I constantly have to remind. And I, I and I use it in this terms because exactly what you just said, but I try to say, if you put yourself down as a doormat, people will walk all over you. You know, yep, you right. can't be taken advantage of unless you allow it to happen. Yes. So, yes. You, you know, you lay down a doormat, people will walk on you. It's that simple. So, you know, that thing we said about ego earlier, we all have it. There's right. ego. I, I didn't think I had an ego because I was always so self-deprecating and so like apologetic. And so like, oh, don't think I'm intimidating. Just know that I'm pretty and I'm great and I'm here and please hire me. But like the truth is. I was being in my ego by being such a victim, like you say, like, mm. like that I was as, as participatory in the ego process that, that takes us away from the moment by doing that flip side of it, which is that other side that, that people kind of especially approve of women for having when they're all nice and, uh, and right. negotiating. And so that, that's ego too. That's just me being like, yeah, well, if, if I'm like this and if I put myself down first, then you can't. So I'm safe, you know? Yep. So the truth is like they, the, the vulnerability, Brene Brown talks about this all the time. The vulnerability is being bold and being brave. It's not always just being like, I'm so vulnerable. I could crumble at any moment. It's like, no, I'm here. I have a purpose. I'm going to share from what I need that honors me. And if you like it, great. If you don't, great. Let's let's keep going, you know? Yep. Well, listen, by you coming on and being so honest and open and free with your story, you are bold. You are brave. And and you're you. you are just a gem. I mean, this has been such a great conversation. Um oh, I, we we just yeah, really love people to come on and be real and be inspiring and and know that life is okay no matter how mm, it's going yeah. for you. And uh, Yeah, that's that's really how I feel today and I'm so glad that came through. Because that's really what it's all about, you know. Absolutely. I feel like I, I keep saying the same thing again and again, but I'm just like gushing with enthusiasm, and I'm grateful. To get <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful to be feeling like you guys are picking up what I'm putting down. So thank you. Absolutely, we could not be more thrilled that you came on to talk to us, and and like Logan said, open oh, invite pleasure. anytime you want to come back on. You are more than welcome. 
Um, and uh, again, we just, uh, you know, best of luck and, uh, just continued success and tell everybody where they can follow you because we, uh, social media or not, we want people to follow you because you are inspiring and we think that your message is strong. Yeah. Let's embrace social media. You know, we're going to use that shit for good. That's right. We're good. So here's where you can follow me. I'm mostly on Instagram of all of them. And that one's at Nicole underscore Steinwoodell. Uh, my last name is Long Steinwedell. S T E I N W E D E L L. There so you go. And then, yeah, I mean, I have a Facebook page as well. Um, but basically, I don't know about you guys, but I just kind of send Instagram stories there. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's me, and I would be. I'd be thrilled to come back, and I love talking to you guys. So thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. You have a great rest of the day. And uh, yeah, just uh, you're awesome. And we appreciate you. And uh, just best of luck in the future and everything going on for you. Thank you. And to you as well. I can't wait to listen to more of your episodes. They're great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, toodles, noodles. Bye. Bye-bye. See you later. Are we hanging up? Okay, yeah, we're hanging up. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. (laughs) She's so great. Just so honest about everything that's going on in her life. I mean, honestly... All of us need to be more like that. I mean, she's not afraid to face the gray area, face the darkness, and just head on, too. Like, exactly. Exactly. I mean, the, the, the main message coming throughout the whole thing, and I think it's so important for everybody to hear, it's okay to not be okay. Exactly. We all have those moments in our lives, and it's okay. Exactly. So, mm, just so good. So damn good. Thank you again, Nicole, for coming on the show. All right. Now, it is time for... Our top five segment. Yes, man. And this one only made sense. It did. It you can't did. do Bobby De Niro and then not do Al Pacino, yeah, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, man. Top five Al Pacino movies brought to you by our podcast producer, Jason. Yes. Making it difficult and difficult every single week. Keeping us on our toes for sure. Right? I mean, damn, man. Damn. Uh, my number five goes to The Recruit. Mm. Colin Farrell, Al Pacino. Honestly, I was pretty young when I saw this one, so I had no idea that Al Pacino was kind of a bad guy. Um, So I was like, what the fuck? I thought they were cool. I thought he was taking him under his wing to help him be like this next badass CIA agent. Nope. Nope. Like, oh, so good, man. So good. There's so much good content and good dialogue in this film. So if you haven't seen The Recruit, be sure to check that one out, guys. Yes. I mean, it's a great film. Uh, My number five is one of those hidden gems that we were talking about that I found on Netflix just out of nowhere. Hadn't even heard of this film. And then I watched it and it's fucking brilliant. I'm talking about Danny Collins mm. where with uh, Annette Benning. Yeah. Pacino plays like this old rock star who's kind of just dialing it in at this point. Um, and he's he's got to deliver on an album and he's having trouble writing new songs or whatever. He's estranged from his daughter. Um, so he checks into this hotel to kind of get away from everything and, and focus on writing the songs. And the concierge is Annette Benning. Yeah. And so she was a huge fan of him back in the day when he was like uber rock star and so they kind of develop a little relationship she helps him inspire to write again fixes the relationship with the daughter you know all that kind of stuff but just i think one of the better performances that i've seen from al pacino i thought him and annette benning were great together and i had never even heard of this film yeah <laughs> i'm like pacino you think you hear everything right but danny collins i guess it it was like you know one of those in and out if you blink you missed it at the theaters but uh, check this one out, guys. Yeah. Really good one. Danny Collins. Definitely. Definitely. And when you think Al Pacino, you don't normally think like sports, 
But this one, my number four, Any Given Sunday, mm. star-packed out the ass. Like, everybody's in this film. Yes. But his motivational speech at the very end is so damn good, guys. Like, Sorry, I was dancing my jig. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> but, it, like, this guy is just amazing. The way he approaches a role and then, like, delivers the dialogue, he is a brilliant, brilliant actor. Like... Anything, honestly, on any one of these lists, or just go down his IMDb profile and watch every single movie because it's so damn good. It really is. I mean, him as a head coach and back and forth with a female owner. Yeah. that I mean, that dynamic right there yeah. was like badass. I mean, so yeah, definitely check that one out. If you're a football fan, for sure, be definitely. checking that one out. Woo! My next one, Scent of a Woman. Gabrielle Anwar, Chris mm. O'Donnell, and Al Pacino. Remember, he's blind, and he's that's why it's scent of a woman, smell. But he basically teaches Chris O'Donnell how to handle business with a woman. Yeah, it's basically what it's about. But you know, there's way more to the plot than that. I know, I know. But I'm just my favorite things when they're dancing, and he's constantly. If if you don't like the phrase "hoo and like Pacino <laughs> says it "hoo you don't want to watch this movie because he says it about seventy five thousand times. Yeah, hoo But I mean, you know. It's like Banzai and fucking Karate Kid. Hoo But it's great, though. I love this movie. Huge fan of Gabrielle Anwar and Pacino. And Chris O'Connell's really good in this one, too. So um, just, yeah, check it out. Scent of a Woman. Yes, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> uh, my number three goes to The Devil's Advocate. I honestly don't know why I didn't put this one in my courtroom dramas. Uh, we did a couple weeks ago. Because the dynamic between Al Pacino and freaking... Uh, Put this face there. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I have it pulled up on my MDB, and I don't even know. You Keanu do. Reeves. Keanu Reeves. That's there his name. Go. Everybody knows him. Everybody loves him. But the dy- dynamic between those two is just so good. But, I mean, two brilliant actors working, like, as lawyers. So, I mean, of course it's going to be good. Of course it's going to be good. But, yes, my number three, The Devil's Advocate. Mm. It's a good choice. I, I mean, it's, for us to be able to get through these without duplicating was impressive as hell. Right. I, I'm just saying. All right. Almost. My number three. My number three. One of my all-time favorites. And, and I, I don't know any other way to say this. Because of the dynamic, like you just said, between these two epic actors. Of course, Al Pacino, Robin Williams, Insomnia. Mm. Mm. Robin Williams is just scary fucking good in this movie, yeah. man. Psychopath, just scary, scary good. And the two of them, when they go head to head, face to face, just a fucking brilliant film. Yeah. Um, this one I won't throw out details because it's one of those twist and turn woo moments kind of films. So I don't want to blow it for anybody who hasn't seen it. But Insomnia, trust me. Robin Williams, Al Pacino, it's worth every minute of it. Check it out. Insomnia. Real good, man. Real good. My number two is a more recent one that he did, and I'm talking about The Irishman. Mm. His portrayal of fucking Hoffa was amazing. Like, And I mean, of course, the technology director, all, Martin Scorsese, was amazing. But we're talking about Hoffa. Mm. Fucking Al Pacino's Hoffa was badass. I felt like he nailed the character to a T. I mean, him, I feel like Al Pacino should dress up as Hoffa and then Jack Nicholson should dress up as Hoffa and just go at each other. <laughs> I feel like that would be so good. So good. Of course, everybody knows like there's so many other people that were in this film, but I just really loved his portrayal of the fucking crooked ass fucking union leader like it was great it, it was, was great and i mean long ass movie but 
decently good. Decently good. Long as fuck, but pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree with all of that. Uh, yeah. Right now, though, for my number two, I want you to say hello to my little friend. I think you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Scarface, man. Ah. How can you have a list of Pacino movies and not have Scarface on it? Hello. Hello. It's one of the all-time best gangster drug films ever. Ever. Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, come on. A young Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, just, I mean, it's a fantastic fucking film from start to finish. You yeah. all know it. You've quoted it a gazillion times. You know you have. You probably dressed up for it Halloween one time before when it was still cool to carry the guns. Yeah, and, right. You know, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, Scarface. Ah, Num- number so two. Good. Number You're, two. Damn, I was, like, cursing you when I saw your list first. And I didn't make mine yet. <laughs> He's like, like, damn it. Damn it. This motherfucker. Just, just put that on everybody's list. You know Scarface is on everybody's Pacino oh, yeah. list. I mean, come on. For sure. For sure. Just, like... Our number one. I know. My number one is the original Godfather because I love Al Pacino's character, like growing into his father's shoes, Marlon Brando's shoes, and like becoming the boss of all bosses. Like it was an epic transition film, and I mean, which leads into your number one The Godfather Part Two, when he is the boss of all bosses and the transition is complete. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like any Pacino list should have the Godfathers on them. Even Godfather Three, even that one. I mean, I mean, I'm not a fan of Godfather Three, but you cannot argue Pacino's performance in 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 Godfather Three. Yeah, it's brilliant as always. So, um, yeah, just let's just say the Godfather trilogy and put it exactly back. number one. The Godfather trilogy, you know, there it is. So good, man. So good. <laughs> oh man. But now it is time for the box office recap. There was a new movie that came out that dethroned Tenet, and it was a Bobby De Niro film. Of uh, course, uh, yeah, it was the War with Grandpa. I know. That's I don't. Right. I don't know if this was like a uh, uh, a part of that bad grandpa like oh, universe. Yeah, you yeah. know that one we did with Zac Efron. Yep, yep. Um, so maybe, maybe. Uh, but the War with Grandpa came in at number one, and it came in with three point six million. Sure. Tenet came in at number two with two point one. Hocus Pocus at number three with one point two. The New Mutants is at number four with seven hundred and six thousand. 100,000. Mm. Um, not just that much. Yeah, no. And number five was Unhinged with 683,000. So Bobby's so, still a draw. Bobby's I mean, still Bobby, a draw. I'm, I'm excited for that one where he plays the producer who's trying to kill the I old am too. Star. I think that one's going to be freaking hilarious. Yeah. So. Like, I mean, like we were talking about, his comedic roles are really damn good too. They really are. So, I mean, I'm so. super pumped, man. Super pumped. Uh, new movies that are coming out in select theaters near you somewhere. Uh, Batman, A Death in the Family. Yes. Interesting. Have yeah. you heard anything about this I one? have. It's going to be one of those that's theater and on uh, Netflix. Mm. So uh, rare that Netflix, one of those, okay, blink and you miss it, it's in the theaters, but now it's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, this is interactive. This is the one with the death of Jason Todd's Robin. Obviously, that's the death in the family. But you decide how it happens. You decide if mm. it happens. Uh Apparently, this is a full-out interactive film from DC. Mm. So this is going to be really interesting. Huge fan of the storyline. Yeah. Huge fan of, of of how it went down. If you like Batman, you like Joker, you like a psychotic Joker who kills, you know, you're going to love this film. Yeah. Um, but I'm yeah. watching Killing Joke after the show. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, it's on Netflix now. Dude. It hit Netflix. I'm I super saw, pumped. I, I loved the comic book, loved the fucking animated movie, and they weren't shy. Man, if you haven't seen that one, you got to watch that one too. They were not shy with the violence and the rape of Batgirl or 
like Joker snorting coke and shit. I, like I a just, whole bunch. You know, I heard like a whole bunch of the shit. The opening scene, like it takes you for like, wait, what? The age difference there, and like, what is going on? What am I looking at? Which was not in the comic book story, by the way. They just added this for the film. You'll see what I'm talking about. Oh, I was just like, what the <laughs> fuck am I looking at here? But it happened. It yeah. happened. It's a great. You're gonna love it. Oh, You're gonna love it, man. Oh man. Uh, number two uh, for movies that are coming out. The Mortuary Collection. <laughs> or Mortuary. Mortuary yeah, Collection. Yeah, you know, Mortuary. You like know. for dead people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and Honest Thief, Alone, and Two Hearts. Oh. Like I said, select theaters or wherever the fuck you can find them. Yep. yep. So, this just continues the trend of we're talking about the election, except for Batman and Death in the Family. Right. Like, I mean, you know. Yeah. Unless you're talking about a psychotic you know, weird dude that skin color is all fucked up. Yeah. I mean, then we could still be talking about the Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, movies you can still go see are Coco, Infidel, Professor Uncut, or Possessor Uncut. Yes. Um, a Yellow Rose, and Star Wars Episode Five: Empire Strikes Back. Mm. So good. So yeah. good. Yes. Well, now heading over to IMDb Pro's top trending segment. Oh, man, you guys know we love this app. We use it every single week. We think about it before we go to bed. We think about it when we wake up. We use it in the shower. Anywhere, anytime, we're on IMDb Pro. <laughs> hey. I use soap. <laughs> I'm not bathing with IMDb Pro. Like, you know, I love the app, but it's I good mean, for multiple you know? purpose, okay? Yeah, yeah. Multiple purpose surface, okay? You got dandruff. Get IMDb Pro. Take care of that, right? Now, you know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, the top trending movie this week was Hubu Halloween. Sure. Uh, Hubby Halloween. Yeah. Or Hubie uh, or Hubie. Whatever. You decide how it. It's, it's going to be an interactive IMDb Pro segment. Yeah, you decide how to say it. It's like, fucking. It. It's the one with Adam Sandler. Yeah. And all of yeah. his boys coming back. Yep. So I heard it's a classic Adam Sandler movie. Nothing too special, but you know. <laughs> You know, uh, I was. Well, there goes his appearance. On yeah, this show. right. He's it's classic of... Adam Sandler. Nothing too special. Nothing too special. <laughs> I watched it, Waterboy again last night. Fell asleep to it. Love you, bro. Come uh, on the show. Do more uncut gems. That's yeah, all we're saying. Yeah, I mean, perfect. Great dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. Um, TV show, top trending TV show is still The Boys. Yes. Rocking and rolling. I saw a fan say the other day that they would like What's His Face to be Wolverine. The fucking the beard guy, oh, one of the main guys. Yeah, he's still tall. He's still pretty tall. I know, guys. You gotta you gotta rethink the focus. You gotta get if you're gonna go accurate. Let's get a shorter guy. Let's you know. Let's do it. I right. don't feel like they'll ever do a short Wolverine. Uh, I though. just but they need a short Wolverine. <laughs> but it's Hollywood. But, Hollywood loves. But very Edgerton tall is not real tall though. That's true. Like That's I mean, true. he's not five three like comic book accurate. But I mean, he's short. Yeah, he's probably like five eight, five nine. Yeah, yeah. he looks five three if you put him next to Hugh Jackman. Exactly. So that's all I'm saying. Go go. Go my size, 5'8", yeah, you know? Yeah. Just do that. It's fine. Call me up. I'll do it. I mean, yeah, he'll do it. <laughs> he'll do it. I mean, CGI, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, come on. And I I know everything about Wolf. Exactly. Like, he's, he's my favorite He's superhero. got it already. Yeah. He's it's, good it's, to go. It's perfect. And we're pitching uh, now. That's right. Um, Star. Yes. Tear it up. Uh, huge fan. You guys know I'm a huge fan. Fucking love her. Lily Collins. She's trending number one on the star. Emily in Paris. Yeah. That's why. I, I'm still going to make the prediction. It'll probably bump the boys now that the boys, you know, season finale is all that kind of stuff. I yeah. think Emily in Paris will maybe be on the list next week for show. Um, But 
I watched it. I binge watched the whole thing, and I thought it was absolutely just fantastic. Yeah. It's it's classic rom com kind of cutesy, you know, Darren Star from start to finish. But the entire time I'm watching it, Lily Collins is just if she is not this generation's Audrey Hepburn, I don't know who is. Right. Just the look, the 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 feel, the the mannerisms. She's just a really awesome actress. Old school. She's got that look. Like it, you'll love the series if you're a Lily Collins fan. You'll love the series. And I'm going to be honest with you. Watching the series, the whole time I was just thinking, Billy Ray, please. I want to see more Cecilia Brady. Yes. The whole time when she's got the hair up in the bun and she's like all looking, coming down the stairs, I'm thinking Audrey Hepburn. And then when I think Audrey Hepburn, I think Old Hollywood. When I think Old Hollywood, I think Last Tycoon. <laughs> then I think Celia Brady with Lily Collins. And then I think Billy Ray. And I'm like, let's make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm it's talking about, go train. all the way back to our Billy Ray interview because he says he's got something in the works with a character from The Last Tycoon. Yes. My money's on Lily Collins because yes. Celia Brady. Like, just saying. Yes. That was a whole lot to say that Lily Collins is trending as the top person that on was IMDb a long, Pro. That was a long train of thought. Lily Collins, come on the show. Yes. There yes. we just, bam, put concise, short, Lily Collins, come on the show. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, anyway, guys, thank you so much for getting a little crazy with us on episode 134 <laughs> of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. we got to thank our guest one more time, Nicole, for coming on the show. Yes. She was just amazing. Thank you so much for opening up here and feeling like this was a safe space because it is. It and, is. I mean, that's what we're here for. We like helping people out and we like for people to vent we love venters mm. i mean you know it's mm-hmm. good stuff it's good stuff and if you guys can check out temple tantrum do it yeah you will not be disappointed phenomenal phenomenally talented young woman and just yeah Woo! agreed agreed be sure to follow her on social media be sure to follow us on social media starting with the company and the podcast you guys know at crazy ant media and at ItCaf podcast yes. on all social media platforms and you guys know you can follow us both personally myself at jlo fantastic and crazy ant guy 1970 that's right and you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast i'm talking anchor apple podcast spotify google play music iHeartRadio, podbean stitcher and and so many more and if mm. you're watching this video on youtube be sure to hit that like button on the video subscribe to the channel and ring that bell for all those latest and greatest crazy ant videos man we're so super thrilled with how everything's going right now and especially for our merchandise page www.crazyantmedia.com head over there click on the merchandise tab and start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear stay tuned for some Christmas freaking mm. designs, guys. That are those are going to be released Thanksgiving night. So super pumped about it. Oh man, oh man, <laughs> so good, so good. But I gotta say, I gotta say, besides the interview, because those are always amazing, amazing. Um, I, I mean, Star Wars. I'm so pumped about the Obi Wan <laughs> series. I like. I'm so excited. I, I yeah yeah, and I'm counting down the days until Mando season two. Oh yeah, like, I they, had it down exactly when they released all the posters, the oh, character posters. God. Can can fucking like like Baby Yoda get any more cute? Right. I'm sorry, the child, the child, the child. Did you see Pedro said he in an interview? He said, "Look, man, I went there, I met with Favreau, and I saw." Yoda, baby Yoda, yeah. and I said, I'm in. Right. He didn't like, he said I didn't need to see anything else. Nah. I saw that and said, This is a hit, I'm in. Exactly. Like that. I mean, yeah. He, he It was so it. super epic. We went to Barnes and Nobles the other day and freaking they're selling like uh, a little book of all the um 
the art, the mm. fucking storyboard art. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was like, oh my god, I need this. Talk about getting your hands on an original piece of storyboard from that would be uh, epic, man. Yeah, Favreau, hook us up, man. Right, hook us up, and yeah. then we can cook together. Exactly, it'll, it'll be, be great. great. <laughs> it'll be great. Uh, Sadowski will join us. It'll, yeah, that'll be fantastic. Yeah. Woo. Anyway, yeah, I, and you know me. I mean, come on, the comic book stuff. I'm gonna take Sony's non-confirmation as a confirmation because yet. That's it's all right I'm there. saying. I'm excited. It's in the wording. They, they basically confirmed it in the wording of not confirming it. They, they confirmed it. Yes. That's what I'm going with anyway. Of course. Of course, man. Of course. <laughs> and of course, we have to say, get out and vote. Yes. Get out and vote, vote early. Vote by mail. Vote however you feel comfortable, but be sure to vote. That's right. And you, you, you know who's that we love, whose first initial is a big, prominent in vote. The only one oh. that matters. Oprah! Oprah!